Nine Super Bowls down and six rings on my dresser. Mahomes is a beast, this is way too much pressure. Stop it, stop, you're the best. You're a queen king, you're gorgeous, you got this. Let's get seven rings. Don't worry, Dad, you're gonna do great. Thanks, son. Yo, we're back. Taco Court Fantasy Football League Podcast. I am your host, Nate. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Naderate530. Today, I am joined by the host of 58 West King Podcast, Tony. How's it hanging? Low and to the left, as usual. <laughs> Low and to the left. It's fucking, it's a, we're about to have a blizzard here in the DC metro area. So mine's like a turtle with his head, um, you know, a shy head. So there you go. Anyways, in uh, episode 34, I recapped our final season standings and we crowned our champion. We also handed out our league's most prestigious. And I know, Tony, that you're a big fan of all things prestigious, as you hear on your podcast. Our most prestigious award, the SACO. For those not familiar with the retired FX series, the league, the SACO award is awarded to the team that finishes in last place at the end of the year. It's almost as if the stars have aligned as you, Tony, are the recipient of the 2020 Taco Court Fantasy Football League Sacco Award. Congratulations. It's fucking bullshit, and you know it. So the Sacco in your league is horse shit. I know it. You know it. Everybody knows it. I've hated it forever. Obviously, I hate it more when I get it. He's an angry elf. The way you do the Sacco in your league really fucking chaps my ass. It grinds my gears. So I think, I, yeah, I think we're letting the worst team in the league off the hook every year, every single year. And I've already given you these stats, but I'll go ahead and go over them here for uh, for the listeners. So in your league in 2015, your Sacco by your little tournament that you have at the end was Trey, who finished the season at six and seven. The worst record in the league, I don't have the names of the team, but the worst record in your league at, in 2015 was two and 11. In 2016, I believe this was the only year you actually had a Sacco. It was Bruce Pescucci or Houston Stratton. I'm not sure what his last name is. But he was 2-11, and and he was also the team that finished with a worst record at 2-11. 2017, Octavio lost the bracket at the end, so he was 5-8. And And the Sacco, or um, the worst record that year, was 3-10. So dog shit, again. Uh, 2018, this is my turn. I finished 6-7, barely missed the playoffs that year. And then the worst record that year, 3-10. 2019, uh, Wayne, who hasn't gotten his belly button pierced, he finished five and eight. I think he was one game back of the playoffs. The worst record, you had two teams at four and nine. So they had a shittier, shittier year than Wayne. And then this year, Tony, me, I finished five and eight again. Second Sacco in three years, no big deal. Uh, the worst record in your league this year was also three and 10. So many things changed. I'll go ahead and make my argument. The one I did in the Facebook posts. Uh, many things changed by the time the playoffs come around. You know that. Uh, backups or rookies who were never relevant start getting run. They start getting play. Teams want to see what they have uh, for the future. So now a team that barely missed the playoffs is going to be outgunned by someone who drafted like shit, like a bunch of backup players, and they did nothing on the waiver wire all season. They just had two or three starters that kind of fell into their lap just by circumstance. Do you think that the people that are in the Sackle tournament at the end, so what we end up doing is we take 
the teams that are in the playoffs and then the rest of the teams that don't make the playoffs go into a loser's bracket and it's basically round robin ish style right there's a you win one you're a little bit safer if you lose you're you know you're facing up against another team that lost and all that kind of stuff so the team that usually ends up going zero and three in the last three weeks week 14 through 16 ends up with the sacco or a team that goes one and two and then loses a point differential do you think that the people that are in the sacco tournament at the end aren't playing what do you mean do you think they're just setting their lineup as whatever, or do you think they're continuing to play? I mean, they're setting their lineup, but like in your league, it's so deep and people know what they're doing that there's, there's nothing on the waiver wire. So, I mean, at that point, you know, week 12, 13, when teams are getting ready for their playoff runs, you're not going to pick anything up. Like you you got what you got, right? You know, a team who just missed the playoffs by like a game or by a tiebreaker and they had an injury, like maybe they lost Saquon Barkley. Maybe they lost George Kittle. Maybe Will Fuller got suspended on and on they can't recover from that and now they're getting beat by fucking glenn molinay and josh peterson and it's bullshit it's bullshit i got backing from wayne and octavio i haven't looked at the post so i don't know who else backed the post and you know that's fucking huge because no one responds or comments on your your facebook page for whatever reason wayne wayne probably only liked it because he, he actually got the sack going <laughs> he's about to get kicked out of the fucking league that's fair so i think a lot of people think that the perception, right? And this is what I got from what you posted was that it keeps everybody involved. And that's not the purpose on why I like doing it this way. Yeah. I like if, if I'm not in the playoffs, like I still want to do something. I don't want to just watch from the sidelines. Yeah. But my real thing for doing it and having a tournament at the end, what really makes a champion this year, Brandon went to the championship, right? He lost his number two pick Austin Eckler which was like on the turn because he drafted 10. So at 10, 11, 12, 15, right? Pick 15, gone for the majority of the season that he had. And that dude had to wiggle his way and figure it out on how to get to a championship. So I think that having that competitive side on the other end to keep people involved in it actually defines more of what a champion is because they still have to battle the waiver wire. They still have to keep, keep active in what they're doing all the way through week 16. And that's really my big point on having something for those additional people to play for and having it be the Sacco at that point, because it like, if it's just, I'm going to play for something to get seventh place or something, right? Like we don't, we redraft. So we run a, a random order every single year. So there's no real incentive to be seven, eight, nine, 10. There's a real incentive to not be 12. So that keeps everybody involved in the bottom end, which also also makes the people that are in the playoffs have to continue what they're doing see, for the entire rest of the season without having the advantage of, okay, I only have to worry about six teams going to the waiver wire this week or making transactions or anything like that, keeping up with news. Then, you know, the second week, it's I only got to worry about, what, four teams. And then final week, I only got to worry about one other guy. In this instance, Clint and Brandon are sitting there in the championship game. Well, if Clint has no fab left, Brandon doesn't have to worry about the waiver wire whatever I can go. I don't have to make a decision. I don't have to balance like how much fab do I use on this guy? If there's two players that are big, do I splash it all into one? Do I splash it into two? How do I manage that? You know? So for whatever is to be a champion, I think it keeps that integrity of the league intact. So that's why I do. it. I love keeping people involved, like to the very end, your league costs a hundred dollars to participate in. Yep. You know, if people don't want to be active, I believe you have a waiting list. I know at least one person who wants to get in. About six. So, I mean, <laughs> what's that? I got about six. 
six exactly so i i think there's just more creative ways to do it like if you want to do like a points thing like once you're eliminated from the playoffs i've heard this one a lot you start accumulating points towards the next year and then whoever has the highest they get to pick or they have a better chance of drafting where they want to draft stuff like that i just I, there's so many variables and maybe if you did like a normal six team tournament where the one and two on the fucking losers bracket or consolation bracket get a buy that might be a little more fair. That way they're guaranteed to not get the Sacco since they just barely missed the playoffs. I mean, I think you've had a six and seven champion in your league and here I am at six and seven and I've been a Sacco Trey's been a Sacco at six and seven. So I just think it's just too much stuff out of our control. And Sacco is a big deal, especially in a league like this, where you might end up getting your belly button pierced or drinking fireball and mayonnaise yep. or all the above. Yeah. I think it's a good discussion for, for next year, right? And I th- this is this is going to be a common theme, I think, through our off season, is coming up with how do we make, how do we keep the integrity piece of being a champion, right? Because I'm really big on that, like, like legit. That's how I honestly feel is that like that person has to navigate all other eleven teams. But what do we do for the bottom six teams, and then whoever is eliminated, and you know throughout the playoffs and stuff like that? So maybe we come up with a system. We take some input from the rest of the league. Pretty much everything we do, other than the fact that we're not ever going to vote on vetoes, um, that's Stupid. one thing that I I I fucking hate it, and yeah. I'll never change that. Like I'm gonna say trade or no trade. Everything else is pretty much discussed between everybody in the league, and up until this point, it's been the Sacco. So I understand the the side that you're on. I also understand the side that I'm on, and I think that we'll we'll discuss this out throughout the next you know whatever eight months or whatever until we get there, and we'll. We have a lot of time. Okay, one last thing. Uh, win, lose, or draw with this decision. I'm going to bitch about it at every opportunity I get. All right, man. This may be your last time on the podcast. So <laughs> <laughs> so going on the Sacco, are you worried about Brandon's Sacco punishment for you? As long as he doesn't make me pierce my belly button, I think I'm good. That's it? Just not a pierce? I, I, he's not going to make me do anything too stupid. So like, He won't make you get a tattoo. I don't, I don't think that like we do have a stimulation on whether or not we feel like it is like, is it go against like morality and stuff like that, stuff too far or something like that. So, and we let everybody kind of vote on, Hey, this is Sacco punishment. Is it too much or too not? Right. And I mean, even the thing like Wayne's belly button was, you know, we all kind of just, we all voted on it and that's what ended up winning. I'm surprised people voted for skydiving. Like, damn, (laughs) I can like, a freak accident we killed him you know you could die i got kids (laughs) girls like yeah my body's a sanctuary it's an unmolested temple so i'm not getting a tattoo so don't don't even think about it brandon i always wonder about that like like i was legit scared i thought i was gonna have the sacco this year my team was fucking terrible (laughs) and i was like oh my (laughs) god and then it kind of kind of worked out in my favor at the end so all right so while we're on the topic of While we're on the topic of things Tony doesn't like, uh, let's get your thoughts on how some of the changes that we did for this year went and basically your opinions on them. So I think the biggest change we ended up making this year was moving to team quarterback. Uh, Give us your thoughts on how you felt about the change. Like when we said, hey, we're going to move to team quarterback because of the whole pandemic thing, how you kind of felt about it in season and then your thoughts going forward. We had a hiccup with Taysom Hill being switched to quarterback, like in the middle of the season. Yep. So that was interesting, kind of a learning curve for us, but I think it was fine. Uh, waiver wire in your league's always thin. So if we can consolidate, you know, two spots into one with the team quarterback, I'm all for it. I think it worked out fine. I don't want to roster Daniel Jones backup or 
you know, Drew Brees backup. So I didn't mind it. Do you think it's something that we should keep going forward? Team quarterback as opposed to player names? I mean, I, I'm fine with it. I'm kind of neutral. I don't think it gives anybody an advantage because we all don't have to roster the backup, whoever that happens to be, right? Yep. So I, I like it, honestly. I think if you kept it, it'd be fine. If you removed it, you know, we'd get over it. You know, no one's going to bat. Who, who's the backup for Kansas City? The Hennick, Heineke or Henny? Yep. Henny. Chad Henny. Yeah. So no one's going to have, no one's going to roster him. Right. So if by chance he is starting for like two or three weeks in the middle of a freak season where Mahomes goes down, you know, they don't have to roster um, that dude and take up one of those very precious uh, waiver wire spots or bench spots. Sorry. Yeah. My initial thoughts on it are to, is to keep it. I think a lot of it for me is like injury. Like it, it sucks. It's got to suck. Like if you are actual starting quarterback and it's like one position that the majority of the NFL doesn't get an injury to, right? There's so many things. So you have a freak accident and a guy gets injured in the first quarter. Now you're down like literally like 20 points and you're, you're tanked. Right. So at least you get, at least you get stats from the backup at that point. Yeah. So my initial thought going into the off season, it is to keep it as team quarterback. I actually kind of dig that. And then we just have to make a rule for a guy like Taysom Hill, because I don't know, like, <laughs> Honestly, like Drew Brees is gone, right? So what what's it going to be? They have Jameis, mm -hmm. and you're going to tell me that you're going to play Taysom Hill over Jameis Winston? Like, I mean, Sean and Payton will do it, but no other coach in the NFL is going to play Taysom Hill at starting quarterback. Yeah. You have a guy who could throw for 400 yards in the game. Two years ago, Jameis Winston led the league in passing. He just throws a lot of picks. Yeah, You saw how that team reacted when Taysom Hill was the starting quarterback. Like, Michael Thomas was pissed. And that's your guy. That's your franchise player at that point now that you don't have Drew Brees. So um, I like it. And we just have to make it a rule for that. You know, if it's, 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 it's unique too. I don't play in a league that has that. So I, I thought it was kind of cool to have one league that was a little bit different from all the others. Yep. And then given the unknown impacts of uh, the pandemic this year, we also explained or expanded the IR position to three extra spots for players on the commissioner's COVID-19 designation list. Uh, those three extra spots were solely for those designation designations only. And we also kept a traditional IR spot. So the same idea, uh, where are your thoughts at on that? So I think that while the extra IR spots weren't needed all year, you know, if anybody used them, they weren't using them every week, but I think they definitely helped uh, this season there was that week where the Steelers and a couple other games were impacted. It was like two or three games. And so there were some teams that had like two or three dudes that were on the COVID IR list all of a sudden. So I know if you didn't have those extra IR spots, they would have had to drop legit talent to the waiver wire, which would have given someone an unfair advantage, right? Yeah. Had we not had those spots. So definitely appreciate uh, you for plugging those spots in for us. I didn't have the situation in your league, but I had like Juju, Deontay Johnson, AJ Brown, because I think the Titans were another team. And I had one of the guy, there's like four of my players on a team that has, I think, five bench spots. And so I was, I was screwed. So yeah, those, those bench spots came in handy for weeks like that though, this year. Yeah. I think there was a week, one of the weeks was Steelers Titans, I think. And it was a pain in the ass, right? Cause yep. like those teams have, like, everybody's playing those players, Ben, yep. Tannehill, Henry, Connor, Juju, AJ Brown, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool. Corey Davis, Corey Davis, right? The tight ends, possibly, you know, stuff like John, that. Johnu, yeah. Fuck, man, I'm drinking this. I'm I haven't drank one of these Pliny the Elders in so long that like this is like I got these about a month and a half ago. Damn. Right before I went to Colorado, the day before I got went to Colorado, I got these in the mail, and they've been sitting in my fridge, and I haven't drank it, and I got like 
mad burps and like hiccup stuff right now that's bugging me but they're also strong they're eight percent yeah they're really so strong they so I'm like, they don't fuck around am i getting drunk right now i've got like half a bottle down <laughs> since we started this <laughs> fucking thing like uh yeah i think they i think they helped out a lot the thing that was hard for me was and i didn't stay on top of it all year was i'm pretty sure there was weeks where people had guys that were just hurt right and we set the rule like only one guy that's actually hurt goes into one spot and then the other three are only for covid i'm sure some guys got away with some of that stuff but you know i don't think it was a big big issue for everybody and i think it ended up working out well it'd be interesting to see where covid's at going forward you know how how actually effective vaccines are and stuff like that what the league does in the future and stuff like that so i think that's one to table for the next next coming up season every year there's going to be a new strand you know i mean covid's on 19 so every single year there's a new coronavirus um it's why it's on clorox wipes and all that kind of stuff this one was just super deadly um yep. you know and super scary so i think it was a good thing to be able to expand and do all that kind of stuff so all right so those were the only changes we made in the league this past season we've also obviously heard your position on the sacco is there anything else you think you'd like to see going forward or any rumblings from the water cooler uh going back to that last one with covid father-in-law's in the hospital he's had covid for about two three weeks now yeah. so he's got some issues keeping like his oxygen levels up it's like a really bad cold right but a normal cold doesn't hospitalize someone for about three weeks so covid's real wear your fucking mask so we can get through this shit, yeah, no shit. <laughs> around the water cooler though nothing um lots of people support my cause for changing the sacco rules though um just about every person in the league lots of people who listen to the show uh i heard jessica and Ariel were supporters of my cause so Definitely need to move on that pretty quick here. Well, those two are fucking idiots. And if you went around <laughs> the neighborhood that they grow up in, um, you'd recognize that. So their opinions do not matter for Taco Court Fantasy Football League podcast. Um, I tried. <laughs> you tried, yeah. Thanks. I don't give a fuck about them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take a break from the bitch fest coming out of Tony right now and talk to an actual champion, this year's champion, the second two-time champion of Taco Court Fantasy Football League, Brandon. Joining me today is a man from middle America surrounded by controversy in regards to his calf implants and is the doppelganger of Burt Kreischer. Brandon, how's it hanging? Uh, it's hanging short, shriveled, and to the left. See, Tony was <laughs> like long and to the left. Uh, oh. Yeah, so there's something to be said about the left. Uh, <laughs> always to the left. <laughs> always to the left. I don't know, like, is that like a right-handed thing? Like, if you're right-handed, then your, like, left nut is not as big as your right nut, so there's more space for your wang to hang? I'm not sure, but I think a test needs to happen. We will have to examine everybody in Taco Court Fantasy Football League's handedness and genitalia size. Do we have enough left-handers? If not, we might have to expand elsewhere. I don't know if we have any left-handers. Is, Co is Tony a left-hander? I don't is think so. I don't know who would be left-handed in the league. And we're talking about drawing and doing everything yeah. left-handed, not, you know, other things. Yeah, not not a stranger. <laughs> Anybody can do that. I mean, come on. Yeah. All right, so now everybody knows that I wake up in the morning and I piss excellent. So how does it feel to stand at the same horse trough as me as the only other two-time champion of Taco Court Fantasy Football League? Yeah, I tell you, it makes me feel like my, my cock is made out of concrete. It's just a great feeling. Only, only two repeat champs. I thought I was going to 
lose it again after I lost to you in the finals that one year. Glad I pulled through. You're also a jackhammer expert. So how do you deal with having a concrete dick and being the man of <laughs> jackhammer? Well, as much as I want to jackhammer it, some, I just got to let it go. It's really yeah. hard sometimes, pun intended. All right. So going back to pre-draft and post-draft time frame, how did you feel about going into the 2020 fantasy football season? Honestly, I didn't feel great, but I didn't feel bad either. I thought I did decent in the draft. I know I was a little thin on running backs, but I know your league is a wide receiver heavy league with the three wide receiver slots plus the two flex and it being PPR. So I tried to take a different route this year and go heavy on the wide receivers, which I thought was going to bite me a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I didn't feel too well, but I think I started the season off too. I mean, it wasn't a losing streak, but I was probably 500 for a few games. So I wasn't feeling that great. But then I started, I think I put together like a 10 game winning streak towards the end. So it all came together. Yeah. You murdered pretty well. And I think that, you know, Todd Gurley had had some weeks there also, which you kind of really needed out of him which we'll get on to our next point here. I think I speak for everybody when I say that the season was the most difficult one to navigate so far with having COVID impacts and all of the injuries, right, for 2020. I mean, like the whole first half of the draft was injured, you know, for the majority of the year and stuff like that. But your team wasn't immune to it. And your second round pick was Austin Eckler, right? That was the one running back you picked up near the top end. You went yep. to Adams, Austin Eckler, and then a bunch of wide receivers but you lost him for a big chunk of it. What were your thoughts of how your team would compete after you ended up losing him? Yeah, with, like I said before, with the running back, uh, the thin running back core I had, it was, uh, I didn't like it. We'll say that. Yeah, I had Todd Gurley. He did well for a few games. Uh, I ended up benching him towards the end of the year because he just completely disappeared. And then I was just kind of filling in the gaps. I had Balage for a little bit. He filled in a couple games well when Eckler was out. But then that team kind of just the committee, it was hard to hard to lock him in there. And I think I had Justin Jackson, too. Is that his first name? Yeah, Jackson yep. on the Chargers. And he got hurt also. So I didn't feel great. But with having Devontae Adams, Calvin Ridley, and Aaron Rodgers, they were able to pick up the slack in that department. Yeah, that, that ended up working out pretty well for you. So here in this league, everybody seems to have a grudge with Clint. I mostly think that's just because me and James are the only people who actually know him and have met him in real life. Since he came into the league, he's been at the top, you know, year in, year out. He's always in the double digits of wins up there competing for a points title. He doesn't ever get all of it all at the same time or anything like that. But seeing as you were playing him in the championship round and, you know, we saw him at the top of the leaderboard all year. What were your thoughts going into championship week? Yeah, my, my thoughts were, here we go again. thought I was going to be a second-place finisher. I know he dominated the league in points. Uh, I knew it was going to be tough. I know he knows that we all give him shit because he's pretty good at what he does. Yeah, I think yeah. if he joined the league and played like Peterson or somebody. <laughs> yeah, no nobody. one would give a shit. No one cares about Nick. Peterson. <laughs> yeah, no one no one would be, uh, would be talking shit, but he's hit the ground running ever since he joined this league, and, you know, we all give him some fun shit about it, but. Yeah, I was a little nervous to start off, and then I, I got that big lead. And even with that, like, 70-point lead I had going into Monday Night Football, Stephon Diggs still put up, like, 50 points, and I was still getting nervous. I don't know why, but yeah. I ended up ended up pulling it out. But, yeah, I was still nervous. Until this year, right, and especially at the end of the year, we never thought that we'd be worried about being, being up 70 with Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley as the wide receivers to go for Monday night. And you're like, holy yep. shit, like they can legit put up 40 a pop. I was like, I swear if they score 50 each, I'm, I don't think I'm going to play anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
people. So as of this recording, we're witnessing a revolution of sorts as everyone is going to the moon here on a Monday with the leadership of Wall Street Bets. A piece of the public is saying that the hedge funds have made a bad bet. So given the current climate, we're going to give you our top three bad investments that we've made. So we'll count down from three to one and then alternate. My number three is every year except for this year, all in Will Fuller. Every single fucking year, I've been like the Will Fuller truther. I love the dude. I think it showed this year that if he could stay healthy, that him and Deshaun Watson had something very special. And then we found out why he was healthy and it was because he was on PEDs. And <laughs> <laughs> so we'll do it. So I think we're, I think that's that's shot right now, but I kind of hated myself for, at the beginning of the year. Like, fuck, I didn't grab Wolf Fuller this year and it was hurting me, but ended up working out okay. I didn't get the sack though, so it's whatever. So what's your number three? That's funny you say that because when I was thinking of these before the before the podcast, that was gonna, that popped in my head as, as one of them because I have invested a few years in Will Fuller and every time it's been a hammy, uh, something with the knee, anything. And then this year I had him in one league, dominates the whole half of the year and it gets fucking suspended for the rest of the year. I was like, oh my, never fails. Yeah. <laughs> my number three, well, this is going to be a life investment, selling my truck. Okay. So it was about, when was this? About two years ago, uh, I was, I found myself spending probably about $1,000 a month between the payment, the insurance, the gas. So I decided to trade it into a dealership and get a little bitch ass Ford Escape that I thought would be a good investment on saving money. However, I ended up in the hole a little, a little more because I owed more on my truck than they gave me. So I had to add that to my escape. So now I'm paying a shit ton of extra for this crap Ford Escape. I lost cool points in life. I can't ever pick anything up from the store without, you know, I gotta ask somebody, hey, can you come help me pick up this lumber? It's annoying. (laughs) (laughs) The other day I had to rent a damn U-Haul pickup truck and I felt like a jackass. So that was one of my worst life investments. You can't pick up chicks either. I mean, you're you're married, but you can't pick them up. I mean, which is weird because you could fit four of them in there, you know? (laughs) (laughs) My buddy had a a minivan in high school, like his, his mom gave him their old minivan it was like a ford astro or something like that and we'd roll around in it and mob in it right and uh, everybody would be like yo why are you guys like you know everybody's got this is like the early 2000s i graduated oh. in 04 so everybody's on like these honda civic right oh, yeah. crx yeah, crx whatever they are right and yeah. like preludes and shit like that because it's all <laughs> fast and the furious times and yeah. we're mobbing in this fucking big old like you know free candy it's a blue van type of thing like the, the windows don't roll up so you have to like wedge paper and cardboard yeah. in it so the windows stay up but the coolest thing is when we go to parties we'd leave with all the chicks oh yeah <laughs> Because we can fit eight of them in there. <laughs> like, hey, we'll take you home. Like, <laughs> hey, we got a 25% chance tonight, man. <laughs> we got room for 10 more. One yeah. of them's got to say yes. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So my number two, we're going to go in. We'll keep it in sports, but in sports betting, the parlay. We started a, up a group chat thing. And I'm, I'm always telling people never parlay, never parlay. And I parlay, right? And we watch it in there, too, like. You know, AJ likes to parlay a lot and stuff like that. And like over the last couple of weeks, he keeps missing a parlay every single day, like a Barely. four or five leg by one piece of it. And it's like a one rebound or something like that. Right. Yeah. I'm like, man, like stop parlaying because you'll hit four <laughs> out of five. And that's fucking phenomenal. That's astronomical to hit that 
you know, that clip. Definitely the parlay, it comes down in like UFC fights. I'll hit six out of seven. And it's always like the main event or the one right before it or something like that. So definitely could have a little bit more cash in the account. Should I not parlay and stick to individual bets, which is why we named the chat never parlay unless it's a lose. <laughs> All right. My number two is uh, in the fantasy football realm. I'll give you one name, Antonio Brown. <laughs> <laughs> This mofo, ever since he left the Steelers, has just been a curse on my life. Drafted him in one of my other leagues. And as you know, in your league, what was it, last year or the year before? I think it was last year. Yeah, where he joins the Patriots, has a pretty good game right out of the gate. I think four catches, a touchdown. And I was like, I'm going to trade Glenn Molinay for Antonio Brown. I draw up the trade, sits there for two days. I'm hanging out at the zoo one day. And then I look down at my phone and I see trade accepted. And at first I was like, no, I'm nice and then i look at my sports news antonio brown dropped by the patriots for <laughs> sexual assault charges or i was like you gotta be kidding me <laughs> and, then, and then ever since then i've been hanging on to this guy like he's gonna come back and just dominate i think two or three other leagues i've picked him up on the waiver wire hoping like hey he's, this is his year failed me ever since even though he did put together a string of good games towards the end of this year but that guy's a curse to me you just couldn't you can't play him no <laughs> you can't play him like you're gonna play antonio brown when he's got they got chris godwin leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, Mike Evans, Rob Gronk, you know, like just grab yeah. Brady. <laughs> yeah, that whole team is ridiculous. All right. So my number one, I'm going to go in the life category since you gave one life category. My number one bad investment is the fleshlight. So the fleshlight, for those who don't know, is a it's kind of like a silicone-ish jelly male masturbator. It looks like a flashlight, <laughs> like a massive flashlight. So what you end up doing though is you got to like heat it up in water because it's literally like rubber almost like inside. So it'll fuck your shit up so you got to heat it up in water prior to for like 10 minutes like warm water then you got to lube the goddamn thing then you got to lube yourself then you do your thing but then it's too unrealistic so you're done as you start and then you got to clean the fucking thing and then you got to let it dry for like an hour and then rub some powder shit on the fucking worst investment don't do it just spit on your own shit and get it over with on the pot find your favorite writing scene and call it a day like ain't nobody got time for that you know you gotta get a flashlight foreplay what's going on here yeah it's crazy <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy so just be able to pop it in it's supposed to be able to like you know help you last longer but fuck you just get pissed off so much maybe that's how it does it that every, it reminds you like every time that you go to you know enjoy coitus with another <laughs> human being that it's going to take it two hours to get this thing fully done and cleaned up so uh you know <laughs> maybe it helps you last a little bit longer later on but yep number one bad investment of all time for yes, it's the watermelon the fleshlight <laughs> <laughs> all right my number one i was I was trying to think of some sports betting, but I haven't really been in the game that long, so I don't really have any bad investments yet. Uh, I do fall for some of the parlays, though. I know that. But I usually do a, a three-leg, maybe four at the most. I never do those five, six, or sevens. Um, but I decided to go with another life uh, investment because, well, it's funnier. <laughs> <laughs> and they are uh, fiber bars. Back in tech school, this is 2008. I was in Vandenberg, California, sitting in in a Space 100 class and I knew that day it was a Friday and the it was like the first or last Friday every month I can't remember we had to do a PT test so I was like man I wonder if I like eat a few fiber bars I can clean my system out be good to go for this PT test maybe knock an inch off the waist you know be lighter for the run <laughs> so I just started eating fiber
fiber bars, like, you know, those fiber one bars. Yeah. For like the whole day. I think I probably had seven. Holy shit. <laughs> so I was eating fiber bars and pounding bottles of water. We get home or we get to our dorm rooms after class. I don't feel anything yet. But I'm like, okay, I should be good to go. I didn't get to, you know, explode like I wanted to, but we're going to do this. So I put on my PT gear. Uh, we did our stupid little march out to the track. Uh, we start doing, I think it was the push-ups. I got to number 32 and all of a sudden I just feel this like, like you know that scene on Dumb and Dumber when he's driving in the car <laughs> I felt that and I was like the guy counting my push-ups he like just got to tech school like a week ago and I was like dude I was like I'm gonna shit everywhere <laughs> And he's like, he's like, don't do it. And I'm like, I got it. So I got up and I sprinted to the uh, Porter John that was on the side of the track. And I just proceeded to explode in there. And, and then I come out and I'm like, dude, just tell him I did like 55 pushups. Cause I... <laughs> <laughs> And then we start the run. I uh, I managed to hold it in throughout the whole run. And I get back to my dorm room and I just, the whole rest of the night, probably about every 30 minutes, I just kept going and going. And finally, I just laid on my stomach and I think I fell asleep at like 7 p.m. that night. And I was like, I'm done with this. From that point on, I don't think I ever had a more than one fiber bar in a day. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> so. Never, I used to eat those things, dude. And like, I'd eat one of them and I'd be so gassy all day and it was like the worst gas like when you go into like a mcdonald's bathroom and it's like what the fuck happened in here that's the smells that come out of you from eating fiber one bars and then you just like explode yeah i never had them i don't think i ever had them before that so i didn't really know and i just i thought i just made you go and i was like all right and it, it took the whole day before it even like hit me at all so. then it all just comes oh yeah it was bad oh that's so good <laughs> Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh my god we can't let you go without doing a little fuck mary kill of course um told tony that we've been not giving the people what they come here to listen for which is our fuck mary kill segments so fantasy football season's ended basketball season is in full swing hockey just started however we both know that baseball reigns supreme in all of the sports sorry folks it's the <laughs> truth minus quidditch of course but with COVID 19 being a thing in 2021 hogwarts is still distance learning so ah, they're not in right now Given you're a Cardinals fan, which I don't like right now, because <laughs> they just got Nolan Arenado. Jesus hey, we took him out of your division, all right? Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, it doesn't matter because they're going to have to play in the playoffs. Oh, my God. He's a monster. Anyways, fuck, Mary kill. Mark McGuire, Tony Larusa, and Yadi Molina. Go. Oh, my gosh. Is this like right now or? <laughs> uh, however you want to put it in line. <laughs> Okay, we'll say when they're all in their prime here. All right, fuck one, kill one, marry one. I feel like Mark would just, I don't think he would let me do him, you know, with, with all the roids. So yeah. that could be a player, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to come home to a violent household and I do, certainly don't want to get fucked. So I think I'm going to kill Mark McGuire. <laughs> Uh, Yadi Yadier Yadier Molina. Let's see here. Dude is, uh, you know, he finally, he needs to get on the peds. Yeah. You know, dude hits, he'll hit a home run, like, you know, three feet over the fence. But anyway, Tony Larusa, oh, he's so, so old. I feel like he would die the quickest. Yep. So I'm going to marry Tony Larusa. He has great leadership skills. You know, he'll guide me in life and come to him for anything, you know, baseball advice. He'll help me with baseball betting. <laughs> <laughs> he seems pretty gentle. You know, I never heard him really, never really yell. Molina looks like he can get angry too so we're gonna fuck Molina I feel like you know even if you know, I'll probably get him pregnant we'll have some good kids uh great baseball blood yep. uh, maybe play for the for the Cardinals one day yep. uh, but yeah, he's already a catcher he's already a catcher so he knows <laughs> he knows how that is I used to pitch when I played baseball so yeah, there you go <laughs> 
So I think that would be my fuck one, kill one, marry one. Oh, given that you are this year's champion, you also get the privilege of assigning the Sacco punishment. Have you thought of anything for Sacco punishments for Tony? There's been a couple days where I've sat there for about 30 minutes looking up stuff online just to come up with ideas. Yeah. So I'm putting some thought into this. I don't want it to be something to make somebody quit, but I mean, I still don't think belly button piercing was that bad, but uh-huh. uh, I want to make it something challenging, but something to where he's not going to want to leave the league, but something that's going to embarrass the shit out of him probably. Yeah. <laughs> I'm interested. I got to sit with Clint here in a little bit and ask him, like, what was he thinking about doing for a Sacco punishment? Because even when he won his last championship, like, we didn't have Sacco punishments in the league yet. Yeah. He didn't really get an opportunity to give out one, right? So it's like, oh, everybody's been saying, fuck Clint, fuck Clint. <laughs> like, oh, it's going to be so good. You, you know? get his revenge. Yeah. Yeah, I've been, because I had to do, I had to do stand-up comedy. So I know how the Sacco punishment works. It's not fun, but it's also not that bad. So Yeah, it's fun. It's, it's all fun in the fun. end. Yeah. Get a story out of it. So, yeah. All right, man. Well, it was good to catch up with you. Congratulations on your championship this year. I uh, will be competing. I will be getting my third one next year so that I can remain supreme in the league. See you in the championship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I will. I'm not going to tell you about what I'm going to do, um, but you might want to pay attention to your scores and uh, <laughs> you know, statistics corrections that are done by the NFL. <laughs> All right, man. Take care. It was good to see you again. You too, man. And now a word from our sponsors, followed by a talk with our runner-up this year, Clint. Let me ask you a couple questions. Do you have kids? Do you work long days and need help due to childcare hour restrictions? Does coming home after waking up early, getting said kids ready for the day, getting yourself ready for the day, drop-offs, A long day is a work with pointless one-hour meetings that can be 12 minutes, 37 seconds, and being responsible for making meals, cleaning the house, kids' baths, bedtimes, and exercise leave you wanting more in life? If you answered no, go fuck yourself. If you answered yes, look no further than bangasitter.com. Bangasitter.com provides a slew of services to take the load off of you. While they have many packages, they're committed to taking care of yours. It all starts with a simple sign-up. Just put in your... Just put in your email and you'll be granted access to many sitters in your area. And let me tell you, they are well equipped to sit for the long ride. Your sitter will come to your home in the morning, watch over your children and ensure they are completing their studies, eating well-balanced meals, and they'll guarantee the house is kept up. You come home, high five, and your sitter will leave to give you undivided attention with your spawn. Once the kids are in bed and dreaming of how to strategically place Legos for you to step on the next day, your sitter will come back to end your night with a bang. Use promo code TACOSITTER for 31% off your first three months of bangasitter.com. Once again, bangasitter.com, promo code TACOSITTER for 31% off bangasitter.com. Joining me today is everyone's favorite person to hate in the league, Clint. How you doing? Hey, what's going on, buddy? Not much, man. Just chilling. It feels like each and every year you're at the top of the leaderboards and competing for championships. Uh, what do you feel contributes to that sustained success? Honestly, man, I would like to say I'm just that damn good, but uh, <laughs> I think you know as well as I do. Like, I think we all pretty much have the same baseline of sports, NFL knowledge. So I think a lot of fantasy has to do with luck, in all honesty, man, especially in a year like uh, we just went through. I mean, 
my team stayed relatively healthy, COVID-free. So that was a big thing for for your team. I noticed. I know a lot of other teams had big problems with you know massive injuries or something like like you know yeah. the first couple picks are all down. Michael Thomas is out for part of the year. Devonta Adams out for part of the year. That was kind of crazy how Brandon ended up making it to the final two and actually winning a championship with guys like Devonta Adams and Austin Eckler being out for the you know Austin Eckler was out for I think eight weeks or something like that. So. I had him in the Champions League, so I know all about that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I took advantage of one big one with Mike with the Mike Davis edition after CMC went down, so that helped a lot too. Just you know, I'm not much of a waiver wire guy, but I like to pick my pick my spots, and I I felt like that was probably one of the bigger ones out of everyone, honestly, this year because he came in and he had some pretty solid weeks there. So that helped, that helped me, uh, you know, yeah. especially, especially those first few weeks. He had 23, 22, 29. I wonder if there's like leagues out there where someone actually picked up like Mike Davis and James Robinson, right? Like, because yeah. those were like two guys who ended up being pivotal. Like, I know I stayed away. Like, I'm a big Leonard Fournette fan. I, I just love the dude. I think he's, I think he's the best all around back in the league and he just doesn't get utilized as much, yeah. you know? But seeing that, you know, James Robinson come in and do sort of the same kind of thing, I kick myself in the ass too because I like to save waiver money and then try to make a splash near the end of the year, you know, that's yeah. going to carry me into the playoffs. But it's like, like I've got to get out of that mindset because those three, four weeks that you can have a guy like that are so huge to be able to catapult you over, you know, just to get, get to the playoffs and have a chance. So Yeah, I'm the same way, man. Like I, I figured, especially in a year like this, they – McCaffrey's got a lot of lot of wear on those tires, you know. So I figured they'd probably slow slow roll him back into the lineup. So I figured I'd get at least a four or five good weeks out of Davis, but ended up being more than that, honestly. I mean, yeah. McCaffrey really never fully came back. I don't think. No, nope. no, I think he came back and played a little bit, but then they kind of just shut him down. So I think something with his shoulder again or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of funny, too, because I was like, I, sometimes I go back and listen to some of the old episodes. And I remember in the first one back, I don't know, a couple of years back when I first started this thing and didn't know what the hell I was doing and stuff. I was sitting there with Trey and he's a big McCaffrey fan. I was just like, I don't trust it. Like, I can't draft Christian McCaffrey because I feel like he's going to get hurt. Like his frame is just what he does doesn't seem like it, it's going to sustain in the NFL and stuff. And it, it took fucking three, three and a half, four years for it to happen. But especially the way they use him, man, he's their everything. Like, yeah. And the past passing game running game he, he touches the ball probably 30 plus times a game at a minimum you know like that can only happen so long in the league these days you know and he did the same thing at Stanford too yeah. you know and like I was there at the last I think it was his senior year that Sean Kaiser bootleg mm -hmm. rollout to win the game or to go up and then they ended up you know winning the game Stanford won the game on Christian McCaffrey's yeah. back but I mean the dude just touches the he was touching the ball like I don't know it felt like it was 70% of the time like he's on every kickoff every punt every every down it's like he's just moving 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 getting hit getting hit and it's like how long does that sustain so that's where having college football knowledge helps and NFL fantasy too because yeah <laughs> you know as much as we follow college you know guys like Christian, like even Leonard Fournette, like LSU yep. ran him crazy when he was still there. So that's a, always something you got to keep a keep an eye out for because I mean those hits count too, you know. Yeah. So you made it to this year's championship again, and how did you feel going into championship week? Was there any like confidence that you had about it, or was there something that you were concerned about? I'm not gonna lie to you, man. I thought Brandon had it. You know, he he was 
those last, even going into the playoffs, I think those last two or three weeks, he was hot. Like, obviously, he had the MVP, then Devontae Adams, nasty combination, and, yep. and he was just he was putting up points, so I was I was real nervous about it. In all honesty, yeah, I was looking at some of the like the lineup like in the week or two prior or the week prior and stuff, and I was like, oh man, like yeah. you know, it's kind of up to this Bills game. And Brandon talked about that a little bit in his too, where he was like going into that Monday night, he's like, I was up seventy points, but actually yeah. worried because I, he had Diggs and Cole Beasley, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, it's a weird year when <laughs> you got to be worried about. A Monday night game with Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley putting up 40 right. a pop. Yeah. I mean, Stephon Diggs did his part. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was that was my low-key biggest freaking draft pick, in all honesty, man. Like, yeah, yeah Tyree kills Tyree kill, you know what I mean? But Stephon Diggs, I did not expect that kind of production out of him this year. Like, especially going to a new offense in Buffalo. Like, what's Josh Allen gonna do with it? You know what I mean? Like, I thought he would get a lot taken away from him because of Josh Allen and his running yeah. ability. Yeah. And I didn't really expect Josh Allen to progress as a passer as much. But I think I was on, um, I think it was on 58 West King podcast, the one that Tony runs for his league. And we were talking a little bit about that at Josh Allen. And I saw this video on TikTok where Josh Allen went to Fireball High School, which is like in the Central Valley of California, right okay. down the road from Fresno State. And he, he sent a letter to Fresno State and he was trying to get recruited by Fresno State and stuff like that. And they signed some kid who was like 6'4", 170. Mm-hmm. And Josh Allen sent a letter to them and was like, all it said was six four one seventy question mark from Josh Allen, right? <laughs> and Fresno State sent him one back and said, "Yep, we got our guy. Thanks. Good luck to you." You know, and then, now Josh Allen's fucking ripping, yeah. up the, ripping up the NFL, and nobody knows who the Fresno State quarterback was. Right? Yeah, I would be. Uh, I'm petty, so I'd be, I'd, I'd probably still send some shit back to Fresno State now. Yeah, definitely. Maybe, maybe an autographed Buffalo Bills jersey. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this in your hall of fame <laughs> so given yeah. all that uh success that you've acquired in taco court fantasy football league since inception essentially since the first season that you won you've only got one championship so far but has that pattern of ranking high each season getting to the playoffs and making it to the championship add to the ptsd of being a cowboys fan growing up a braves fan in the 90s and also being a notre dame fan and if so how do you manage dealing with it so i'm not gonna lie to you man like it wasn't until the Notre Dame Bama game. I was sitting there and I actually thought the same exact fucking thing. I was like, <laughs> I am, I am this. Like, why? But in all honesty, after the Ohio State game, I was like, maybe I'm more Ohio State. Like, at least I won one. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. give anything for Notre Dame to have won one in the last five, six years. Yeah. So maybe I'm Ohio State. Like, at least, like, I'm there every year. I'm, a, I'm amongst the best teams. Everybody knows I'm gonna be there, and I won one but I haven't pulled through lately. So yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's annoying, but, you know, I always said when people bash Notre Dame, you guys just go to the playoffs every year to get beat. I'm like, there's 128 teams that wishes they were Notre Dame right now. You know what yeah. I mean? So yeah. I'll, I'll take that. I'm usually getting – I have a Taco Court profit, you know. Yep. Every year I'm usually getting some money back. So, you know what? I'll That's take good. it. You might be one of the only ones that actually has that too. I mean, maybe Brandon now. Brandon, now that he's won two of them, definitely me, I won two of them, right? I have a profit, so I'm good for, you know, at least the first 12 seasons of this thing. Uh, But you're getting points, titles, and championship and stuff like that, so. um, Yeah, I mean, you want that shit, but, you know, can't all win. And, you know, Brandon deserved it. His team was was good. I was talking to Brandon after we got done with the recording, and I was like, yo, does your wife know? 
yet? And he's like, oh, yeah, she definitely knows. I pay 100 bucks for this thing. Yeah, <laughs> she's going to make sure that I'm winning. She's, yeah. <laughs> she's like, I'm, she's making sure that I'm winning so that I stay above, you know, 500 or whatever like that. So. Oh, she's making sure he's winning? <laughs> Some collusion there? <laughs> so I know we just ended a season and we have over a half a year to go, but what are your thoughts on next year's draft and how do you feel about where you may stand in 2021? Rookie-wise coming out, I think there's a lot of high potential, like, position players coming out this year. Like, obviously, you got T-Law coming out. He's going into Jacksonville, you imagine. But just looking at the wide receiver class coming out, man, there's some bangers in there, dude. You got Jamar Chase, Waddle, Devontae Smith. Like, it might be a year to take a take a, take a stab at one of these rookies because – I think they're gonna they're gonna put up some numbers this year. Yeah. Even Najee Harris, like Najee Harris, I saw him mock to the Buffalo Bills. Throw him in that Buffalo Bills offense. Yeah, I think he's gonna get some touches, man. Yeah, dude, I think the um the upcoming draft class is interesting. I always wonder what it's gonna be like when like how do those guys impact draft boards as much, right? Compared to guys who are proven and stuff like that. So I think it'd be interesting to see what the top of the draft board looks like. I can't imagine number one overall pick, right? I don't know if it can be McCaffrey or Saquon anymore. I feel right, like it's yeah. gonna be between like I think Kamara is going to get dropped down unless Jameis is the quarterback. It has to be probably like Derrick Henry, Devonta Adams or something like that. Be one, two, somewhere around there. But I wonder what it does like to the rest of the draft board when you're getting some of these like proven wide receivers, right? When guys are taking the younger guys and stuff like that, like how that impacts, like, do I go running back heavy at the beginning? Do I go wide receiver heavy at the beginning? Brandon brought up, uh, he said something like, you know, your league's really wide receiver heavy with the three wide receivers and the two flexes and having two running backs, right? And I've always treated it opposite where I'll load up on running backs more than likely sure. and try to flex out my running backs and then find value in wide receivers later on. But um, I do this. I try to do the same thing, man, in all honesty. I mean, where my draft position was, I mean, Tyreek Hill was sitting right there, so I'm not going to pass Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Because um, you know he's going to put up numbers in that offense. But probably my biggest regret was honestly Josh Jacobs. I don't feel like where I took him, he performed to that level. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget where I took him. I don't know if he was my first pick or Hill. I mean, I had the 12th pick, so it was back to back. So yeah. either way, he let me down this year. But like, I think Dalvin Cook makes a strong argument for being at the top. Yep. Because I, I mean, as long as he stays healthy, that dude's so dynamic. The good thing there too is like you know you can handcuff with Alexander Madison, and you know sure. what you're gonna get out of it, right? Like it's proving yeah. that he's gonna put up the same numbers. It's not like I'm getting Camara. Do I want a house? You know, Latavius Murray or something like that, or whoever the guy is, his backup. You know, there's some situations where you just don't feel good about the backup, and that's what I usually try to do if I'm gonna draft a running back in the first round or at the top is like, I want the guy who has a clear cut handcuff, right? That's why I went Zeke this year. Cause I knew if I could get Tony Pollard, you know, like, okay, that's going to be a good situation. Granted the Dallas offensive line just sucked ass. So it didn't matter, but it's weird. Cause I look at some of those stats, like, like guys, I feel like disappointed me this year, like Juju and, and having Zeke at the top. I feel like this is point disappointed me, but I look at Zeke's numbers and they were in the double digits. I mean, he's sure, like yeah. 15 to 25 points when he's playing, but it's like, it didn't feel like it. No, it didn't. the same yeah. thing with Juju is like Juju. I felt like he didn't do anything, but it's like the guy was putting up 18 points a game. Sure. <laughs> it's like, oh, just, yeah, well, this wasn't flashy. I didn't get those, you know, fucking 40 point Stefan Diggs monsters or, right. you know, those Devonta Adams three touchdown games. And, and as you were saying that, I was looking up Josh Jacobs numbers. And honestly, he did. He, he did fairly well, but he was the ninth best running back in the league. Yeah. But that being your first guy off the board. 
you know, that is underperforming. Like, yeah. you got to look at it that way, too. You know, where did I take him compared to where he ranked? You know? Yeah, you want you definitely want, like, one of your first rounders to be, a you know, a top three guy. You sure. Know, hold it down and then hope that you can spark a second round, third round guy that can get you back up into that first, you know, five, six or something like that. And hang on. Yeah. So. so, honestly, the thing that helped me together were, were Hill and Diggs. Number yeah. two and three wide receivers. Like yeah. running back is pretty weak for me. Yeah. Now that we've witnessed the most controversial behavior out of Wayne this year by him not completing the sacco punishment of piercing his belly button so far, yeah. should you have won this year? What may have been Tony's punishment this year? Did you, you know, know prob- about it? I'd probably uh, reach out to some of you guys who know him best. Yeah. And see your guys' opinion. But I'm all for like I hate like embarrassment. Yeah. Like that I I hate that kind of stuff. So. I forgot who had to do it, but the nasty shot shit, whatever was it was. Tony. Yeah. Okay, that was Tony. Like, if I was Sacco one year, I would like something like that. Like, I'll do something fucking gross and get it out of the way, you know what I mean? Yeah. And just move on. So, I'd probably try to give him something like that again. I mean, who mm-hmm. knows? He might he might, he might, might be low-key still taking those shots anyways. He might <laughs> like it. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I forget who I was talking. I think it was, it might have been Brandon at the end, like, I don't think I put it in his clip because we were talking about sacco punishments and I didn't want to give away anything he's thinking about for Tony. Right. But one of the things we were talking about was like, yo, what if you had to like eat a jar of mayonnaise, but in between every bite, you had to take a shot. Right? <laughs> like, something to elevate that one thing that's just like painful. So yeah, that would that would be rough. I was legit scared though, like that I was going to get the sacco because I was in that running at the end. Like, holy shit, I got to win here. Or if Tony beats Chad, then there's potential point battle here like if i get fucked like so then, go through the playoffs right yeah 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 so then i'm sitting here like talking shit about wayne all the time <laughs> and then someone's <laughs> gonna give me something crazy like pierce your nipples and your belly button and then have a chain connected to them or something like right. like god damn it now i gotta do it because i can't quit my own league <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's it's scary stuff man i mean yeah. <laughs> like there's some things like I know I will not do. Yeah. But I, I would hope it doesn't come to that. Like I said, like I would probably get a belly button piercing. That's not a problem. Right? Yeah, I would definitely. I but like if it was like a tattoo or something like that, I'm like, dude, I don't have any tattoos. I'm not getting a tattoo for this shit. Yeah. That was you know? what Tony talked about too. He's like, not yeah. doing that. But yeah, I mean, I'm all for the quick, easy, get out of the way. Know you suck and move on to next year. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Tony ended up getting it. Yeah, there he is. Okay. <laughs> barely. Wow. Yeah, he barely. It'll be interesting to see what that looks like. I'm hoping Wayne ends up doing it. I don't know. There's there's all kinds of different stuff going on around here in this area too. So while stuff is open, like I don't really like going out and doing a bunch of stuff anyways. Like yeah. go get my shit. Come fucking back home. Have you talked to Wayne? I haven't. Like no. he he kind of went silent a little bit in our group text. <laughs> <laughs> and uh he'll he'll hop in and like laugh at something every now and then but he, he used to talk shit all the time in there right or post stuff and he doesn't anymore and i'm like laying low yeah <laughs> but i know like he scheduled a like i got an invite to he sent me an invite to like a holiday party for christmas and, mm-hmm. and then they they canceled it like a couple weeks prior to it happening and stuff and like as all the covid stuff was ramping up in this area you know he's older too i mean he's about He's retiring in the summer, right, from active duty. So he's older. His wife's there. He's got three kids, you know, and, like, I don't want to put anything on him that's going to make him feel that way. So because I think he – I honestly think that he would have done – he 
he do the belly button thing. I just don't. I honestly think that there's probably something else that's there because okay. he he hasn't talked that much and he's usually talking shit or clowning back and saying fuck you and that's his main thing is like fuck you and eat a dick. And that's sure. all he talks about. So, um, you know, I, I imagine there's something else there too. You know, sure. I don't know what goes on in other people's families or their, right, yeah. you know, extended families and stuff. So. And yeah. he didn't talk about it, so I don't know. So, you know, I can understand it, but weird year. But Yeah, uh, for sure. Man. That's what I was going to say, man. You never know what's going on, you know, under the hood. Yeah. Kind of got to be sensitive, that kind of thing, you know. You don't know what someone else is going through. Before we get to this last part, I wanted to ask you, you pick up any new cards? You open up any new wax or anything like that? So, I'm actually, I think I told you I sent my Mahomes in to get graded. Yeah. Came back, came back in eight. I think I'm going to send it to PSA with a minim, minimum grade requirement at nine. Hope for the best there. As far as new stuff, I think Panini Select is coming out later this month. So yeah. I've been I've been uh, saving saving my money. That's my favorite football product, period. Yeah. Like, that's what my homes is from the from Select. So I've been saving up to go uh, all in on that one. Yeah. One last stab at uh, some of these rookie quarterbacks that have been eluding me this year. <laughs> I ain't got shit, man. I've been pulling crap no herbert no freaking twos no burrows yeah. i have a bunch of uh collegiate stuff from those guys because i did a lot of uh chronicles chronicles draft picks and stuff like that yeah, yeah. i was it was tough i mean i when i look back on it like like i just did i just cleared out all my cards and stuff like my whole dresser back there was like full of cards and stuff before just stacks oh. and stacks i finally went through them all cleaned them all up got them put in these like you know the cardboard boxes and stuff like the row boxes so I have three 8,000 count boxes full and some of those have top loaders and shit, you know, and stuff like that in there. But there's a, there's gotta be at least 15,000 cards that I bought, like, <laughs> you know, ripping wax and shit. And a lot of baseball, I have one whole box is baseball, one whole box is football, but the football stuff was definitely like, when I look back at it, I'm like, fuck, I, I bought too much wax and I should just be buying singles, you know, you're, you're doing the quick flip stuff, aren't you? You're yeah. Like- yeah, I'm doing quick flips. So I just sent in an order through um, Mike Martin helped me out because I went up to a card shop up where he lives. He lives up near the Pennsylvania border. But oh, really? Yeah, he I lives he was um, up in uh, he was up in Ellicott City. Did he move? Yeah, he ended up moving after the flood. So they had that massive flood, and then he which moved one? Up. Didn't they have like I, two or three back yeah. of that? Like, yeah, that's rough, man. Yeah, so he moved up to Bel Air. So okay. he's like an hour north or whatever. But there's a dope card shop up there. They have a full on like they call it the card bar. So it's like you walk into a bar almost like this big ass wooden bar where you can just sit there and go through boxes, rip wax. They have sports on all the time. Oh, shit. Yeah, they're super cool, super knowledgeable. Like one of the dudes that runs it used to be like sports writer or something like that for Baltimore sports and Washington sports. So he knows like Wayne Gretzky and Cal Ripken and all these guys and stuff. And he has all these no sports. Yeah, <laughs> so it's super dope. But they're they're cheap, dude. Like they're the only place that I can find penny sleeves for a dollar. Oh, shit. Or an actual really? penny still, you know, like everything's like two, three bucks or top loaders are fucking eight bucks a pack of 25 and you get them for four bucks, five bucks there. So yeah, and man, everything, everything's gone <laughs> crazy, dude. You can't get anything anymore. Yeah. And all their waxes like way lower than any comp that's out there. So it's, really? it's super fun place to be too. So every like about once a month, I try to go up there now just to go hang out. Like they limit the amount of people that are in the shop and you can't really right. go through singles now out of all the row boxes. Cause they don't want people touching everything, you know, but go in there, shoot the shit, grab some supplies, grab a box of, you know, they always have Pokemon and stuff in there. So I'll get it for Layla. Yeah. It's just cheaper. And it's like, I'll, I'll even, it sucks. Cause it's like, I can get the stuff comped around here for about the same price that it costs me to drive up there, but I'll rather spend the gas, drive an hour, 
to and from just to go hang out with people and talk that are giving fair prices you know they're not a hundred bucks for a Pokemon fucking booster box. And it's like, you know, this is a $65 box and you should pay yeah. five bucks. You know? worth, worth the drive to support a legit good business. You know, yeah, good yeah, business yeah. people. Yeah. yeah I found uh, one car shop around here. Um, finally. It's like one, dude. Like, but they're they're pretty cool people too. So yeah. I, I definitely feel you on that. It's it's hard to like you ain't getting any retail these days. Like oh. they're clearing off shelves, man. Like, I mean, but on the flip side, like it's never been more profitable of a hobby than it is now, too. So it's kind of a give and take. But, you know. Yeah. So you flipped Tiger Woods, right? Yeah, I flipped a bunch of Tiger and some Zion. I bought Zion at five hundred bucks a pop. PSA ten, just base prism. About two months before the season started, and then I okay. got them, posted them for eight. 800 something bucks or whatever like that and then they sold like a month before the season started that was a quick one i bought a bunch of tiger woods the upper deck rookie for like two something to pop i think it was and then i sold them all for 1200 bucks a piece local oh shit yeah in a lot you did that with that documentary coming out right that's what you timed it around so that that kind of came out that card went crazy and i found someone locally that would take them so that one person bought all my zion and my tiger woods Oh, no shit. Yeah. Okay. So That's it was nice. Yeah. It was cool because it was like a cash transaction. So I don't have to worry about the taxes yeah. and shit. <laughs> that's, that's that's one thing I'm thinking about with my uh, Mahomes. And I have three Josh Allen rookies too. Yeah. So I think, especially if Mahomes wins another Super Bowl, it might be time to go see what I could do with that. But yeah, I was thinking about that too. I'm like, God damn, with eBay fees, which is what, 10%? Yeah. Well, PayPal takes 2 to 3%. Yeah. And then, yeah, your taxes and all that shit. I'm like, man, yeah. I might want to wait until I can go to like the National Card Convention and see what I can see that I can swing there, you know? Yeah, dude, that'd be fun. Like, I know I listened to a podcast uh, called Card Talk and they just went to Dallas this last week mm-hmm. and they had one in Dallas and there's another one in March in Dallas, but they were talking about it. It's like the energy is just crazy inside there. Like, people just deal, 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 deal. And like, I think the Nationals in Chicago uh, later this year, too. So yeah, I August, think it's during I think football season. Is it August? August, September, I think it is. So I was, I was hoping it was during the Notre Dame football season. So I could fly into Chicago, you know, hit yeah. the convention, then head to South Bend, you know. Oh, that would but, be sick. Yeah, we'll see. I definitely want to go check out the National, though. Like, I heard I heard nothing but good things about going to those things, meeting cool people. Like, apparently they'll have athletes there, too, signing, depending on – I mean, this, like I said, COVID going on. Who knows, like, if teams are released their guys to do that. But I figured it would be, it, be a cool experience, you know. Yeah, it says July 28th. To- august 1st okay so another day but that's going to be pending all the covid shit and stuff right like that, yeah so. <clears throat> hopefully we're through that shit by fucking by at least baseball season man like if oh. not summer they've already talked about pushing back the baseball season i think i know like the players union said no or something like that but who knows what ends up happening there but to start off the season the way we started off the season last year just no fans if that's what you're really worried about yeah maybe ease your way into it you know i liked it like i mean i like going to baseball games and stuff and i I love watching it on tv too like it's by far my favorite sport but i kind of wish they didn't i get why they have to do it because the casual person doesn't like baseball for baseball but they wouldn't have pumped in the sound just so you can hear everything like if you could hear pitches hitting mitts you know like oh man that'd be so sick (laughs) Like just from a- I don't know if you remember uh, back when the uh, Baltimore riot took place the mm-hmm. day after the uh, 
the White Sox were playing the uh, Orioles and they weren't prepared for anything like that. So there was no sound pumped in, but it was a fanless game. Mm-hmm. And me and Tom were watching that one. And it was like you said, like it was just like pure, unfiltered, like just baseball happening, you know? Oh, I'm going to have to YouTube that. I guarantee it's on YouTube. So no, probably. Yeah. I think it was the White Sox and Orioles. But I do like that. I like that select product, though. Like I like the field level concourse, you know, and you get all the different levels of the car oh, yeah. and stuff like that, dude. And I think it's such a cleaner product too than than prism i don't know i dig it and it's it's limited too so i forgot the guy's name he's a big investor um it might just be sports card investor he has a channel on youtube i maybe that's his name i don't yeah don't quote me on it but uh he was actually i watched a video on him and he said uh he anticipates within a year to two years that select actually takes over prism spot as the most highly sought after and most profitable uh set yeah. in the hobby and i i already like i i thought prism was overrated in all honesty like i loved select like you said it's just look to the look of it you know there's there's different there's sets you can easily identify like you said the premier level concourse field level and yeah so it was pretty cool hearing him say that because I have some Deshaun Watson rookie, uh, like premier level and field level. I want to see if I can send those in. Yeah, I like that. It's just like it's it has a shorter print run. And I think that's what people are going to realize <laughs> here in a couple of years is yeah. like like hoops just released today. Right. So we're recording this on the 3rd of February, Wednesday at 3.30. But um, like hoops were re- released today, but there's going to be so much hoops because hoops is like a you know it's huge in retail as well yeah. and stuff like that and select is only yep, hobby pop, yep. right so there's just less of it out there and when you're looking at hey i have this like whatever jalen hurts rookie you know prism or something like that yeah you and twenty thousand other people sure yep. like when you look at zion's print zion's psa run for graded cards prism is it's i think it's like he has like 12,000 something tens or something like that 8,000 nines right and it's like are 12,000 I mean it's just based off demand but are 12,000 people gonna want that yeah right you no know, like that card's gonna even if he's great it's the card's gonna be you know 100 200 bucks here in five six years right so great so why buy that get something that's limited get into numbered cards and stuff like that you know numbered short printed whatever like that so you can retain value because there's only so many of those exact ones and one thing i've learned as i've gone through the hobby i'm sure you're still learning stuff too but like just because a card's not numbered you really need to know that product because like there's case hits that aren't numbered you just have to know what that case hit is and that is just as rare as sometimes a five out of five or out of 10, you know, like it's, that's why I had to go right back through all of my shit. Like I just had like a pretty much my junk box of, you know, well, here's all the base shit. I'm just going to throw those in there. Yeah. Like back when I first started, I was like, well, I might want to go back through that. That's where I found my freaking, uh, my Deshaun Watson's fucking like unnumbered, but it was like field level. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, oh, oh, shit. yeah. Super <laughs> Let me put yeah. that in the fucking sleep right fucking now. God damn. <laughs> fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> It's a learning experience, you know. Like I didn't know shit about it. That's fun, though, man. I I, I really love it. Yeah, it's have, so you, have you scoped out places in Colorado? Yeah. Like, so when I went, I took a trip out there a couple months back. I think it was in the de- beginning of December. I went out for like three days and just like I found a Frontier flight that was like ninety bucks round trip. Still being active duty, I get free bags and shit. So that's where they try to make their money on those type of flights. And I show yeah, up yeah. and I'm like, no, you're not getting like fifty bucks for a carry on pitch. <laughs> asshole <laughs> i went and I, I the first thing i did was like i'm looking up card shops because oh, yeah. we have some 
downtime or something like that, like we're going to go to a card shop or something. But there was probably like five or six of them in that area. You know, yeah. they're, they're like an hour south of Denver as well. So that's going to be my uh, if I ever move out of here, I'll be the first thing I do, too, because I mean, I have some driving distance, like like you said, Bel Air. What that yeah. was that like an hour or two away from about an, about an hour from about an hour from the agency. Yeah. OK, so there's some within that to me, too. But like I said, the convenience of just having one up the road, probably can't beat that either. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So now we can't let you go without doing a little fuck, Mary kill. So the last <laughs> time you were on the podcast, you mentioned a name that had a bunch of people laughing and reaching out to say it was a golden quote. So oh, I'm going really? to I'm have to bleep it out. You know, I think we were talking about wrestling or whatever like that. Okay. His name. So I'll bleep it out so that we don't get murdered. But all right. So fuck, Mary kill. Nancy Pelosi or the new press secretary, Jen Psaki. Wolf. Oh, oh man. Okay. <laughs> what was the last name? I don't think I know her. Jen Psaki. She's the new press secretary for President Biden. She's like the headed one. Okay. I haven't seen her yet. Oh, dude. Look it up. J E N P S A K I. Okay. One second. Yeah. Say, what is it? Jen? Jen and then P S A K I. Okay. Yeah. Well, that makes it a little easier. (laughs) Okay. Fuck her. That means you got to marry either Pelosi or the other one. Yeah, I'll I'll kill Pelosi. Okay. And I'll just try to I'll, I'll marry her and just try to keep her happy. <laughs> <laughs> because I mean, you don't want to get suicided, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is probably the good the good thing like to get in with the mob. Right. And she, you know she got money. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're taken <clears throat> care of. You just got to wait for her to croak so you can capitalize on it. And then, yeah. and, uh, you know what? I'd hang out with Bill too. Like, maybe we could just be like brother husbands or whatever it's called. Yeah. <laughs> I, I could fucking drink with Bill. You know, Bill can pull ass. You know that. All right, man. Thanks for hopping on. I'm going to get off here. We'll have to get on some more here in the off season stuff. Like, just want to talk regular stuff. We don't got much to talk about in the off season. So, right. just shooting the shit, whatever people are into. If anybody pulls something heavy, come on the podcast, talk about it and stuff like that. So, yeah, for sure, man. Always available. Just uh, shoot me a text, hit me up, let me know. Cool, man. Take care. All right, you too, brother. Right. Now that you're calmed down, Tony, let's move into some cardboard talk. So, Tony, you've recently gotten back into childhood nostalgia and have started collecting cards. What was it that intrigued you enough to bring you back into it? And then I really only ask you that just because you're such a busy guy, like you're a husband, father or two, you have an animal, full-time you know, big wig, snack bar, CEO, you run your own podcast. You just ran a one month fitness competition for 24 people and managed all the data compilation. And you were actually a part of the competition as well. And then along with wanking. So what was it that got you back into it when you're so busy? That last one takes up a lot of time, a lot of time, a lot of commitment. You got to find the perfect scene. (laughs) And it's always the same one. You're looking for a new one. And then you just go back to the old faith. Yeah, you go with what works. You go to Applebee's, you have like that one thing. You can put the menu all you want, but you're always going to go back to that one thing, fettuccine Alfredo. You know, for Wayne, Wayne used to like fucking love Applebee's when we were in New Mexico. And you go there like every Mm -hmm. Friday night, right? Just to get Fiesta Lime chicken. And he'd do the same thing every time. 
Uh, that was pretty good though. I've had that a couple times. It's so heavy. Like there's just like a full plate of rice and this big ass chicken breast. In the middle. Yeah. But that was his I don't know. jam, dude. I don't know where they get those chickens though, but they definitely need to test them for some PEDs, yeah, some big ass breasts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, when I saw Cardboard Chronicles, I was like, what the fuck is that? Is that Chronicles of Narnia? What are we talking? What are we going to be talking about here? Walk through my closet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I started listening to uh, Lucas, Tigers, and Bronze. Oh my by your recommendation of, I forget what episode you talked about them and like the donating of the cards and all that, but I kind of subscribed and started listening, listening to those episodes recently. So just hearing those guys and the guests they interview uh, talk about cards kind of reignited that fire for me. I've always been a little socially awkward if you haven't noticed, but back in elementary school and middle school trading cards, like that was what I had in common with all the regular kids. Right. So we always flipped through each other's binders uh, kind of admiring our collections. And then we traded like any chance we got. So I, I got started like in the early nineties. So like going back into my collection, I'm like, I showed you that card of uh, John Smoltz with like a picture of Tom Glavin. Yeah. But I got a lot of cards just like that from that era. So it, it, it was kind of cool going back in the, into those uh, collections and then also buying some of the new stuff. So getting Clayton Kershaw, getting some Kobe's, some Michael Jordan's, LeBron's. I have a bunch of like Cowboys. I used to be a Cowboys fan. So kind of cool going through all those, um, trying to sell some of the ones that I feel are worth some money. I actually got a batch going out to get graded with uh, Matt Kendall from the OGV league here pretty soon. So that's kind of the stuff that got me back into it though. Yeah. I just sent out an order of 32. I think it was 32 different cards. Um, so my buddy just helped me submit them through place up in Bel Air, Maryland, which is up near the Pennsylvania border. I was supposed to go hang out with him over the last weekend, but you know, some stuff happened. Wasn't able to make it up there, but I ended up mailing him the stuff. And then he was like, yeah, I'll do it all for you and everything like that. So he sent me a picture of it. You know, like I sent it all to him in top loaders. Cause he's like, yo, the, the shop, like there's a shop, uh, Bel Air sports cards that's up in Northern Maryland. It's fucking dope, dude. They got a card bar. So it's literally like a bar. It looks like a bar, like that you would go have drinks at and stuff like that. Yeah. But it's just to sit at and go through boxes of cards and boxes of cards. And people would just hang out be like, yeah, I'll buy one of those boxes right there. And they'll sit there and rip the cards and stuff. And everybody has fun, you know, and that's awesome. We're showing off their stuff or, you know, people are inside the store trading too. It's super dope. But uh, so he just helped me submit some of that stuff. So he just sent me a thing, like uh, a picture today. It was like, hey. Uh, I got these all loaded up in the grading sleeves and stuff. And it's just like, it's one of the best pictures you can get is like, here's this stack of stuff that's going to come back. And it's fucking yeah. sick. Like you're just, you're worried, you know, you worry about what grades you're going to get. But at the same time, it's like, it's a learning process too. Like, Hey, what did yeah. I miss on this card? If it comes back in eight, yep. right? Like that's all you're trying to do is not get an eight when you're selling base cards on eBay or whatever platform you're on your sell, your raw cards, which is just a card that you pull out of a pack, right? It doesn't have a slab or anything. It usually goes for about the same price as a PSA eight. So you hope to get a higher grade than, you know, whatever the raw is. Yeah, man. Like it's, it's just fun. Like for me too, I was like going through a lot of stuff and I started hearing about people getting into cards and I was like, yo, like I used to love cards. I never bought them as a kid. Like I used to, I have a, I used to have a bunch of Pokemon that I had at home, but my mom doesn't know where the hell they're at now. Um, So I'm kind of like, uh, but she pawned them off. She probably just dumped them when she was cleaning out my room. Like she threw them out with like the 12 pack of Coronas that were drink <laughs> that was in my closet. That Cause like alcohol wasn't allowed in my house, but I had an empty pack of 12 pack of Coronas in there, but I never really bought too many growing up. So it wasn't like a big thing, but my brothers did. So my brother, Steve had a big 
a couple binders of like a lot of basketball cards and stuff like that. So I used to love going through those binders and I actually have them here. So I like going through them and stuff like that and just looking at it. And I'm like, man, I used, I used to look at this card when I was like eight years old, you know, or something like that. That was so cool. Like some of these Jordan inserts where they're like playing on like uh street courts and stuff like that. Right. With like chain nets and like there's the graffiti on the walls and stuff like that. Like how you would think of an inner city basketball, you know, game. Yep. Um, so when I saw people getting back into it, I was like, shoot, this is awesome. So I started buying some packs and buying some, some boxes and stuff. And it was kind of right before everything started to boom. So you can get a lot of stuff in retail stores still. So I was doing that, but it, it legit, like, I swear it helped me out so much with anxiety because mm-hmm. like it was something to do with my hands. And I noticed that like when I'm super anxious, I start to bite my nails. So like I was just doing stuff with my hands, but it takes so long to get through all the packs and all the cards and look them up and all that kind of stuff. So it just kept me busy and kept my mind off other yeah. stuff. So it was, it was super like therapeutic for me. But then I was like, yo, like I can flip this stuff. And I just got over doing all the garage sale stuff, you know, and things like that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yo, you can, you can sit here and open up hockey cards and get this dude, Alexis, Alexis Lafreniere or something like that. He's the number one pick place for the New York Rangers. It's like, you pull one of his cards and it's 250 bucks, like out of a $20 box, you know, yep. you get a Walmart. So I was like, shit, I'm like, well, I'm about to move. I need to figure out how to fucking stack some capital. Maybe I can yeah. figure something out, you know? So you strategically like, I like markets and I like underpriced stuff and being able to flip it. Like that stuff's super fun to me. So it's just fun though, man. Like it, it's so fun. And from my collections back in the early nineties, mid nineties kind of stopped there for 15, 20 years, but I never had like a graded card. So buying, I think I bought a Kershaw was my first, I think it was a PSA nine or PSA 10, nothing fancy didn't cost that much, but just holding that brick, right. With the PSA red and white tag with a grade on it card that's in immaculate condition for the most part is like, it's pretty fucking cool. So anybody who has a collection and has never held or seen like something graded go to a show go to a shop or like buy buy like a psa just look at it or a you know a, a beckett graded card just just buy it and look at it it's it's fucking awesome like yeah. i'll go through my collection sometimes and just like get a stack of the bricks and just kind of flip through them i don't know if i would have had these back when i was in middle school like i would have been a lot cooler yeah dude i'm like, pretty sure i mean it, it's fun too like i i paid way too much for this card and i paid like six bucks for it but it's like a duke snyder reprint uh, uh. so it's like a but it was in a slab in a in a local car store, and I paid like I think yeah, it's eight bucks, right? And then, but it's like from 1982, and they just reprinted the stuff, right? And it's like oh, like, but I know this card's never gonna get fucked up, and I can look at it, you know, yeah, like yeah. it's it's just weird, like like when I think about moving to Colorado, I'm like one of my walls, I just want to have cards on. Yep. So when people come over, it's like oh, they have this fucking big clock on the wall or whatever. It's like <laughs> no, I want fucking sports cards. One yeah. of my buddies come over and we watch sports or something like that. Like, hey, we're gonna talk about this stuff, you know? Like, yep. Or I'm gonna look at him and be like, yo, I got one of his cards right there or something like that, you know? And it's super hype. And then obviously there's a market for it and stuff like that, but it's just fun. Like, it's super fun. And then it gives you something to else to think about. Like, what do I want to collect? What do I what do I see? There's where there's arbitrage, you know, or any opportunity and stuff like that then you start learning about more cards and more cards and you see more things sell. And then you get in these groups or you go on and you start looking at Twitter or Instagram or even Facebook groups and you see what people are buying. And it's like, okay, like that, that's obviously some, someone's like Holy grail style card, right? Like the dude, I I don't know his name, but Rob G he just bought the, 
PSA nine Mickey Mantle for $5.2 million. Right. Yeah. Well that Mickey Mantle's his collection. Like that's what he collects. He he's trying to complete like, like a full set of PSA one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. There's only one 10 in the world. So he has the nine now. So it's like, man, like that's his grail card. Right. Do you have a, do you have a grail card? Like something that you look forward to, like, or that you like, Hey, one day I want to be able to either work up to this, or this is something I would like to have. I don't have a ton of valuable cards. Um, mostly just collecting like players. I like, Mm -hmm. I sent you a picture of that Sandy Koufax. It was like, it was a reprint from the seventies, I believe. Yeah. Maybe the eighties worth less than a hundred bucks. Right. But I mean, if I could get like my hands on a, a really valuable PSA nine, 10 Sandy Koufax, I think that'd be pretty cool. Not a reprint. Right. Yeah. But, but I've been in some uh, bidding wars on eBay and it goes down to like the last 30 seconds. And I'm like 175 bucks. I'm like, man, I got, I got a deal. If no one's paying attention right now, it's like 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. And you know, I I'm bidding 175 max bid of 200 for a card that's worth like 500 bucks, 600 bucks. And then like in those last 30 seconds, it's just runs. And I'm like, I just watch it <laughs> almost crying. Cause like, it'll go for overvalue every single time. So probably a Sandy Koufax, like a really nice uh, original, not a reprint. Yeah, that would be dope, man. Like, oh, man. I like the 48 leaf Jackie Robinson. That's always been something I've kind of liked. I think it's like one of the, one of the first kind of like legitimate pictures of him. Right. I think there's like a, there's one from like, I think 45 that was only in, loaves of bread back then or something like that and it's like the hardest one to get because they were all like trashed because they were in like shipped with bread right um it's a black and white photo thing and it's got rounded corners and it's just super weird but i think that like a jackie robinson thing for me would probably be one of the best things there's a whole day for jackie robinson every single year yeah everybody wears 42 every single player now that mariano rivera is gone like nobody wears the wears that number anymore and i think that's super important for long-term value, he was the color yep, break yep. guy, you know, all this kind of stuff, everything that's relevant in U.S. history right now, right, that we're talking about that. And he was a Dodger. That that means a little something to us. There's a movie called 42, right? And it's got the kid from fucking Friday Night Lights and Tokyo Drift playing Pee Wee Reese. And uh, <laughs> I think something like that would be super dope. That That's kind of my thing. That or, like, I like Duke Snyder, mostly only because my dad, my dad loves Duke Snyder. When... My dad grew up, I think he had a dog or something that he named Duke. So that was always a thing. So I remember like one of his birthdays, we got him an autographed Duke Snyder bat. So that sits in the living room at home. That's like, awesome. Cool. That's that on cardboard. If anybody listening has thoughts on cardboard, cards, anything like that, you can hit us up on Twitter. You can hit me up at Natorate530 or Tony at 58WK Podcast on Twitter. Uh, you can find that down in the show notes as well. So here on the Taco Court Fantasy Football League podcast, we've fallen down the cliff a little bit lately in providing the people what you really came here for, right? Fuck, Mary kill. So I've got one for you, Tony. You ready? I'm ready. All right. Fuck, Mary kill. Since we're on the topic of the Dodgers, right now, current players that have played for the Dodgers or aren't going to play for the Dodgers this year. Fan favorites. Kiki Hernandez. That one hurts. Fucking Boston Red Sox right now. Money balled us. Uh, Kiki Hernandez, Justin Turner, who hasn't resigned yet, and we don't know where he's going to go. And then David Price, who we don't know if he's ever going to play for the Dodgers. All right. So David Price, I understand. You know, I, I, I know COVID's real. 
I've had family pass away or that are currently being impacted by it. So I understand, empathize with people who are opting out or who opted out of the 2020 MLB season. But as someone who could have really helped us bolster our starting lineup and or bullpen in that playoff run, uh, I'm going to have to kill this dude. I don't really have any emotional attachment to him. Didn't like him when he was with Boston. His hand was just covered with pine tars, you know, when he was slapping his Jersey after he got that W again, they smoked us anyways, probably didn't matter. The cheating probably didn't matter. Right. But I'm killing David price. Get out of here. I hope he wins 15 games for us this season, but, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, yeah, he's dying in this scenario. Cause uh, Kike Hernandez, that dude is just, he's gorgeous. I mean, that head of hair, that body, he shows it off quite often on, uh, on Twitter. So yep. I, I think I'm gonna have a one night stand. I'm gonna fuck Kike. Have you seen his card where like his leg is like just straight up in the air? Dude, it's so good. He's like turning two. You've seen it then? Yeah, yeah. He's turning two, and he's like the guy's sliding right, and he's jumping, and it's just like a full on crotch shot. <laughs> I love it, and I love that that is a card that embodies everything that is Kike Hernandez, and that's why I'm getting in those pants for one night, only because Justin Turner is the third part of this equation. What he's done at third base, you know, Kike has just kind of been the utility guy. You know, he's not there every night. He doesn't not he doesn't put up the numbers that Justin does. So, I think Justin's been a huge part of our success. I think we've won eight straight uh, division titles. He hasn't been there for all of them, but he's been there for the last few. Got us close to a couple World Series. Got us the last one. Helped get us the last one. So, love Justin Turner. I'm gonna marry him because he may not be playing with LA next year. I have a feeling he's walking. So, I'm gonna marry him. That way, I can keep him close to me for all eternity. Do you think he goes to Milwaukee? That's the <sighs> I saw the rumor, and I, I think that makes sense for him. Yeah. Uh, it'd be a good move, too. I, I'd like to see him there. I wouldn't mind seeing him there versus, like, Boston or Houston or Tampa, some somewhere like that. Yeah. For me, on those three people, I'm going to go the opposite way. So maybe this is, like, a little bit of grudge in me right now because I was on Clubhouse the other night, and <laughs> it was uh, – <laughs> I was on Clubhouse the other night, and it was, like – a Vayner sports room. So they had Vayner sports is ran by AJ Vaynerchuk. Who's the brother of Gary Vaynerchuk. And they're all kind of in that same business thing, but Gary V's the, like they did it so they could help promote players and athletes and stuff like that and build their brands. Right. And that's what they're all about. It's a marketing thing, uh, but they are representing them as agents also. So they have agents in the company and everything like that. So there's just all these people, man. Like, I mean, like fuck Justin Turner, Alan Robinson's in there. Um, Eddie Alvarez from the UFC, like just, you can listen to all these guys talk. Right. And they're talking all these, all these things. And I was on Twitter and I was just like, I said something, I like posted it on my Twitter and I said something like, yo, this is awesome. Like how many people you can get, you can just hear talk. Right. And they're all talking amongst each other. Like when do you, where else you, can you just go into a live conversation? And there's like, I mean, billions of dollars of net worth of athletes that you watch on TV, throw on your fantasy teams or anything like that. That's a rhetorical question, but I'm going to answer it. And I answered it on Twitter. The answer is you cannot. You, you can't cannot. get that. You cannot. Nowhere else but Clubhouse. And you can just jump into conversations, right? You don't have to speak or anything like that. A lot of those big ones, they won't let you speak or anything. But a lot of other ones, you can just jump into conversations and have talks with people, right? And be like, yo, this is my thoughts on this, this, this. Like I'm in a bunch of veteran mm-hmm. ones and stuff like that too that are pretty dope. So I'm in it and I tweet something about it. Like, yo, this is awesome. Where else can you get in this? Um, anyways, uh, you know, can you ask Justin Turner if he's going to be back on the hot corner for the Dodgers this year? Like, can we get him back, man? Like, you know, because he was in that room. 
and um, Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V asked the question during Clubhouse, right? So I got to hear it while I'm listening to it. Like, yo, this Justin, Tur- Justin, like this dude Nate on Twitter wants to know if you're coming back at Hot Corner or not, right? And he kind of answered the question. He's like, uh, where, you know? And, and I'm like, fuck, like the fucking Dodgers, you know, or whatever like that. But um, they literally answered my question in it, you know? And it's like, yo, Justin, they acknowledged me and Justin Turner was talking about my question and stuff. And that was, that was kind of fun. But given that response, I'm going to kill Justin Turner because I don't Damn. feel like he's coming back to the fucking Dodgers. <laughs> I don't think he is. <laughs> I don't think he's coming back. They, they won a fourth year, and it's just not right for the Dodgers to give him a fourth year. Like, when you're looking for your – like, he's probably got a year, year and a half really good left in him, right? Yeah. And you're looking for him to be a clubhouse guy. But I think the Dodgers have him Mookie. They've won one now. You know, they got a little bit more guys that have been there for a while that know the yeah. system and everything. They built the culture – Right. So it's like, it sucks because it's like, they don't really need him. And Friedman's not dumb. Like we just paid Mookie a shit ton of money for 10 years, 11 years. Yeah. yeah. And we have Corey Seager. We have Walker Bueller. Like we have some young guys that are going to be coming due here pretty quick that we're going to have to pay. I don't think we're paying everybody, but we're definitely going to keep some of those pieces. I, in my opinion. So I think letting Turner walk is just part of that, that move for Friedman. Yeah. And then they're, you know, Gavin Lux is probably going to play second this year. You know, with Kike gone, you'll have Bellinger in the outfield, Muncie at first, and then Seager's shortstop. They'll probably pull up Edwin Rios. You know, he's probably going to play third base if Justin Turner doesn't come back. Um, I really hope he comes back, but I don't think he will. That dude's, like, legit dangerous. Like, he's so quiet, but he's so good at the plate that I think he is the scariest part of the Dodgers lineup. I, I honestly think he's the scariest part of the Dodgers lineup. You're not going to get an easy pitch, like if you're an opposing pitcher. Yeah, nothing. So. Like he's going to make you work, and he's right in the middle of all those monsters, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's, I think he's super crucial. So I think they're going to platoon third base, but I'm going to kill him. I'm going to fuck David Price um, just because it's like, man, like could he used you this year, like this last year? Like, hate, you're going to hate fuck him. I'm going to hate fuck him. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm going to do, right? And and he's like super skinny and scrawny too, so it's probably going to be fun, right? Um, and then um, – like it's not something I want to marry and be with for a long time. Like just that's fair. Not for me. And then yeah, I'm gonna marry Kike because I I feel like I'm gonna have so much fun for the rest of my life having Kike around me. Like he he might make yeah. me breakfast in bed. I don't know. I'll make him breakfast in bed. You know, but it's gonna be fun. Like I'm gonna enjoy life so much more, and it's not yeah. gonna be serious at all. So that's my fuck Mary kill. That's a good one. Do you remember when Kiki was standing on the bucket and they took a picture? Yeah. I think he was uh, interviewed, getting interviewed by a Kelly Tennant, who's like a former volleyball player. She's a big girl. She's tall. And then like on Twitter, it just blew up with like people, you know, I, I don't know what to call it, but they were like, this is what male, uh, what the hell would, would they call it? Fragile male masculinity or something. Yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah. You got to be fucking kidding me. It's like as a Dodger fan who follows it, who listens to Kelly Tennant, Kike Hernandez, like they fucking joke about that shit all the time. And that was just an extension of that. Like I, I'm all about some of the stuff that they campaign about, you know, their social media justice, justice warriors or whatever, but that one was just way over the top and they had no, there was no context there. They didn't understand the personalities. They, they, they literally, he couldn't stand being, you know, a foot and a half shorter than a female. It's like, <laughs> that's the joke. You don't think yeah. that dude's standing in Dodger Stadium. You don't think there's <laughs> 150 cameras on the guy? Like, <laughs> Yeah, a thousand people waiting for some autographs watching it. Come on now. You don't know his personality, you know, and everything he's about. Like, 
he's like he's that's bad. that's the part of twitter i fucking hate though yeah, but yeah. anyways yeah that one's mine you gotta fuck mary kill i do i came prepared so i know that you're a fan of all things gambling yes whether it's sports betting buying and selling cards or trading stocks you've recently dipped your toes into that yes so i took the liberty to get the biggest names in each of those things so go ahead and start it off here with jordan belfort do you know who that is so played by Leonardo DiCaprio in The Wolf of Wall Street. Yep. Next up is Ace Rostein. So this is from the movie Casino, played by Robert De Niro. Mm-hmm. He was a sports gambler. He knew his shit. Yep. Um, he ran a casino, hence the name. Um, and since I don't think I've ever seen a movie just about cards, I'm going with a related character here who collected things, but is also part of one aspect of the trading called card world, and that's Ash Ketchum from Pokemon. <sighs> You've got to fuck one, you've got to marry one, you've got to kill one. And as a reminder, Leo, Robert De Niro, and Ash Ketchum, go. All right. Wolf of Wall Street, Casino, Ash Ketchum. Mm. I'm going to go off the characters that they're playing as opposed to the people that are. That's the Talk of Court Fantasy Football League burp of the episode. Nice. Rather than the people that are playing them. So, this is hard, man. Um, <laughs> I can't fuck Ash Ketchum. The guy's like 12. Right? <laughs> yeah, so you kind of pigeonholed me there. <laughs> Matt, Matt, would, Matt Graham would say like, well, he was 12 when I was 12. No, Matt, he's still 12. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. Like, he's still 12 now. Like, you watch him now, and the character didn't age or evolve. It's a whole new different universe and a different world. Kid's still 12. You're going to fuck him into it doesn't matter if it's ash ketchum macaulay culkin uh fucking Lindsay lohan in the parent trap doesn't matter um they're still 12 yeah so ash ketchum oh gosh it sucks because that dude was like he still is man i still watch pokemon with the girls i'm gonna come to him next because i gotta i gotta fuck somebody um i'm gonna fuck wolf wall street so this goes into the actual person himself too but it would have been a fun fuck during that time of wolf wall street right like Oh, yeah. Cocaine's hookers down <laughs> in my chest, you know, like being super loaded and thinking that you're driving and going crazy and you fucking just crash a car or anything like that. Like it would have been wild, right? Would have been a fun time for a night and then regret life for the rest of the time. And then also <laughs> the dude's kind of a douchebag now. You know, he's talking out talking down about the guys who are, you know, recognize that, oh, hey, all these hedge funds are kind of flexing their thing right and like they're just using too much risk like borrowing 140 percent on 100 percent, right when just be and it basically just bankrupts companies right that are like i get that it, like we just lived through this shit in 2008 like you guys didn't learn anything yeah and i don't like i get it's part of the rules and it's a big part of the stock market and stuff like that but it's just a shitty way to sit there and say hey gamestop you are, and then I think this is why people are really upset about it, right? And it's not so much of whatever else is out there. I think it's really just GameStop is going to go out of business. We all recognize that. Just let them go out of business, right? But no, there's dudes out there that are like, we're going to make billions betting on the fact that we know a company is going out of business. I don't think it's right. You know, whatever. Yeah. Right. How many thousands of people would be out of a job? Like, yeah. People in their teens or early 20s. You know, and the thing is, is like, everybody knows, though. Like, everybody that works yeah. there knows, like, you know, I just buy my games through PlayStation, you know? Yeah, I, digital. 
unless you want to go return a a disc, right? But half of the consoles that are out for the this generation, right? PS5 and the new Xbox, like there's consoles that are digital only, and then there's consoles that are disc also and digital, yep, yep. right? So I don't imagine the next console that comes out is going to have any feature for a disc because now PlayStation can hold that market, right? You're going to have to go through the PlayStation store and online to buy the, buy the, buy the game. Right. So why wouldn't they like now they're reaping all the profit, right? That's, that's business. That's capitalism. Right. So obviously they're going to go out, but it's like, there's people out there that are like, just can't let them go out of business. They have to go and say, I'm going to make a bunch of money. Right. And then this guy's talking bad about the people that are like, like everybody who's doing it knows that there's going to be people that are going to lose money. One of us is not going to fucking catch the bag at the time we need to catch the bag and it's going to fucking plummet. Right. And you're going to people know and they just do not care. They're trying to make a point. You're making a point and you're making a statement that this is fucked up. Right. So I'm going to fuck that dude because fuck that dude. Um, Therefore, it leaves me with Casino. I do a good Robert De Niro. Will this help you? Yeah, help me out. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't have the voice down, but like I got the looks down. I don't, know, I don't know how close I was, but I feel like I'm pretty close. Spot on, dude. Spot on. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. <clears throat> um, yeah. Uh, you guys got to see that video. God damn. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm, uh, so I'm stuck because I really love, I really love sports gambling. I really love sports betting. Um, I feel like if I pay attention to stuff, I'm actually decent. Like I just gave you guys that, that Knicks Cleveland under first half the other day. Cause it just didn't make any sense. Right. Cash that shit. It was like yep. 105 at the half, but the total was 207 or something like that. So it was saying that the first half will be bigger than the second half. And that just doesn't happen in basketball betting for games that are like basically pick them games. Cause you get the free throws and all that, you know, the, the delayed time at the end of the game that adds a ton of points to the total. Both those teams have a very low pace of play. I think they're like 30 and 28 and they're 28, 26 in efficiency. So that cash like 25 points under in the first half I think They scored 80 points in the first half. So I love that kind of shit. And I would probably love to talk about that for the rest of my life. So I'll probably go with marrying the casino character by Robert De Niro. And I guess that leaves me killing Ash Ketchum. <laughs> and I guess it makes sense because if I'm in the card market and I love Pokemon, like the goal is to catch them all. And I can't catch them all. If Ash Ketchum is out there getting badges, you know, in a day and a half. Right. I mean, he's just running through gyms and he ain't even got Pokemon. He helped will Pikachu to with withstanding like a basically an old cowboy showdown with a Metapod <laughs> that was in Harden in the in like the first episode so you know the guy's got a lot of he's got a lot of backing the pokemon believe in him and stuff like that so if i'm gonna catch them all i gotta eliminate ash ketchum yeah that asshole is like taking down gyms with like caterpie and pidgeotto so you gotta take him out that makes sense that's a good one yeah back to robert de niro like your knowledge of sports gambling and then my visual impersonation like we are robert de niro combined right we should have a child (laughs) uh yeah, I'm not sure if that works um, with biology. Do you think that <laughs> – so how does it work? Like, so say we go to one of those fertility camp things, right, or one of those places that have eggs and stuff, right, and then – I don't know what they're fucking called. And then we take our sperm, and then we run it through one of those fucking cool, like, spinner deals, 
I don't know. What do they call those things? They're not infusion things, but when you like mix blood know. and shit, right? Like one of those, in, I don't know what it's called. They use them for like PRP, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you go and like, you know, spin our, spin our spermies together and then make like the ultimate sperm to have Robert De Niro in Casino. Oh my God. Dude, this I don't know. That kid would play really good defense and he'd have a mean ass step back jump shot. Let's we need to IPO this like fucking to the moon. I don't want to talk about I don't want to talk about this anymore. This is uncomfortable. <laughs> to the moon. Dude, if you're not comfortable doing it in person, send me your sperm. Put it on like some what is that shit called? Dry ice. And Dry then, ice. Uh, we'll figure it out. All right. So, well, my people will contact your people. Dude, I'm pretty sure that DC can come up with an algorithm that we can do this. <laughs> all right so just stopping that stopping all of that i'll go ahead and talk about what i do with these guys i would kill ash for the same reasons again we're getting into that weird area with adolescence and he's a cartoon character so I'll, i just won't get involved at all i know matt probably be on my side here but leo you know he's a dude who knows how to party so i'm gonna go ahead and fuck jordan belfort also got the wall street thing going on so that'd probably be a hate fuck thing too that means I'm marrying Robert De Niro's character. So the Italian mob saw enough in this dude to let him run the Tangiers. So I'm all in. He knows his shit. I'm putting a ring on it. That's what I got. There we go. We finally agree on something in this entire podcast. <laughs> Can we get this breaking news? Breaking news. I just saw this tweet while we were podcasting here, while we were recording. So Detroit is dealing quarterback Matthew Stafford to the Los Angeles Rams, baby, in exchange for two first-round picks, a third-round pick, and getting that fucking contract of Jared Goff off the Rams' books. So two former number-one picks swapping places, and that is reported by Adam Schefter. It's official. Matthew Stafford, a competent quarterback in Sean McVay's offense. What are your thoughts? Wait, so they just traded Jared Goff? He's gone. That contract is gone. His contract, if it would have stayed on the Rams books beyond, I believe, June 1st, it would have been like a $35 million hit to our salary cap. And as you know, we just paid Aaron Donald a couple years ago and Jalen Ramsey. So getting rid of that was pretty huge because he's not the future. Obviously, him and McVay aren't on the same page, and he's got some issues that I think you've alluded to on my show in your show where he just can't, he can't see the field the way, you know, some of these veteran quarterbacks can. So I like it. I'm all about it. So Goff is a lion. Goff is in Detroit, according to Adam Schefter, who is one of the most reliable uh, reporters that we have. No shit. I, I am fucking speechless right now. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking at it, right? And I just went to ESPN because I'm like, you know, it's got to be the thing. And it's basically Lions trading Stafford to Rams for golf. Uh, I'm noticing that, you know, in our little group text thingy, because I had my phone on my bed over here. This, so the Rams didn't let Stafford go to the Niners. And from Matt Graham, <laughs> right? Your, Don't let him go to the Niners. Your, your co-host on uh, Video Westing Podcast. Holy shit. <clears throat> That's crazy. And then the Rams got first rounders? They sent first rounders. They sent. That's a huge contract that Goff with that Goff had with us. So, I figured if we were going to trade him, we would have to send some compensation. Where do they spend it on the line? You think the Rams spend it on linemen? We traded our first rounders to Detroit. Oh, 
Um, our line is decent. It's not the best, but we're middle of the pack. I think if we draft anybody, obviously it's only second round picks from here on out. I think we'll address the offensive and defensive lines though. <laughs> Stafford's not young. He's not getting any younger. So we'll have to keep that dude upright. So do they just, so I'm trying to think about what, what's the Rams thing right here, right now. Like they're, they're basically saying that Jared Goff is not the guy. We can't do anything with him. We just paid him a lot and it was a mistake. I'm trying to think about what do they do in the draft now? Do they draft a quarterback? So we just drafted uh, Cam Akers in the second round. So that was our first pick in the 2020 draft. Yep. I believe in the third round is when we took uh, Van Jefferson. So I think as far as skill positions goes, we're probably good. I think they have to go after the, they have to attack the offensive line and probably some of the defensive positions. Cause I mean, like how many years does Stafford have left in them? What do you think? Two, three, maybe three, three, three or four at most. He's had some injuries recently, but he's a smart quarterback. I mean, when the Rams lose, I mean, it's bad and it's usually on golf. Yeah. Like our defense has been fantastic. We have two top 10. Would you say two top 10 defensive players on that, on that lineup between Ramsey oh, yeah. um, and Aaron Donald yeah. easily, right? Probably top five. And like, you have the best defensive player in Aaron Donald. And then you'd say yeah. that Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. He's probably a top. I mean, I mean he, he can, he can usually shut down a receiver yeah. like the, the opposing team's number one receiver for them for the most part. And then Aaron Donald, you have to double team him. And you can look at videos of that dude. Like it takes two or three guys to contain him. And that just opens so much up uh, for, for the other guys. Uh, Floyd had a good year. Some of the other guys had really good years because of Aaron Donald and because of that scheme. And that's why uh, Brandon Staley got hired somewhere else. Uh, maybe because of his scheme, but I think mostly because of the talent that that defense has. So I think that Sean McVay and management just don't want to waste that. Right. Don't want to waste what we're spending on those guys. You don't see that often. You don't often no. see a team say like, "Hey, we just paid this guy who we thought was the future a bunch of money." <laughs> well, and then, well, hold on, hold on. It's the Rams. We just did that with Brandon Cooks. <laughs> we just did that with uh, Todd Gurley, and now we're doing it with Jared Goff. So we're making we're making a habit out of it. Not with the quarterback, though. Like the quarterback <laughs> is different. Like, oh yeah. my gosh, that's crazy. I'm speech. I don't know. The fuck? I, I love Matthew. I've always enjoyed watching Matthew Stafford. I think he's a good quarterback. Top half of the league. Maybe better. Detroit's just been kind of a, it's been a shithole. I, I think you said uh, in one of our recent episodes that Detroit is going to continue to be the Lions until they're not the Lions anymore. Yep. So, you know, Stafford's free from that. So I, I'm curious to see what he can do with a good coach, you know, a good offensive mind and a decent defense, right? That They're going to lose some pieces, but I mean, for the most part, that's probably going to be another top half defense. Yeah. Oh man, I'm, just, I'm excited. I'm excited. I apologize. No, it's good because now I'm thinking about like what are the fan fantasy implications, right? So Stafford likes to throw the deep ball as well, right? So who on the Rams is a deep ball guy? Because you know that Cooper Cup is down the middle. So what Bob Woods? You know Bob Woods stock probably goes up a little bit. The running back Cam Akers, we saw him come on late, right? I don't know if you remember, but on uh, 58 West King podcast, when we did the running back preview, don't know the number of that episode, but there was one guy on that podcast who was high on Cam Akers, and they finally just let him be the guy, and he was the guy. So, um, yeah. He's a stud. He's, he's so good, man. And then um, man, I'm just trying to think about like what that does to everybody else. Van Jefferson had some moments as a deep threat. I don't know if it's going to be Robert Woods. I don't know. Cooper Cup, like you said, is mostly in the middle if we keep him yeah. 
we'll probably franchise tag one of these guys if we can't get him under contract. But I'd be looking at Van Jefferson, what those guys can do, because I don't see those other guys being deep threats. I don't know if we still have Josh Reynolds locked up, but he hasn't been a down-the-field threat for Goff anyways. And you'll probably end up getting Van Jefferson – you know, round 14, 15, 16 in drafts. Next year, right. Oh, yeah. So like, as, a, as a flyer, he might end up being just a, a straight up, you know, post draft waiver wire guy that you can get for free. Yeah. Um, and then on, on the Detroit Lions side, like, I guess, I don't know, DeAndre Swift, <laughs> like that's about it that I want out of that. Like, I mean, Marvin Jones, you know, Kenny Galladay, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how it works out and they play in a dome. So what happens if they, they end up getting fans back? Right. Like we talked about this on what was the last episode of 58 West King was how Jared Goff did so well because there was no fans in the stands. Right. Yeah. And um, so how, do, how does that happen when he's there in Detroit? It's a dome. They go to Minnesota. That's a dome every single year. They go to green Bay. That's extremely loud. Outdoors and it's cold. Uh, Soldier field outdoors and it's cold. Goff does not play in those conditions. He never has Detroit. Detroit, Detroited, man. Dan Campbell, did you watch that press conference? No, I haven't. So watch it, and um, the dude just wants to run the ball. He wants to punch people in the mouth. He wants to win the battle in the trenches. So uh, that might benefit Jared Goff, right? That might uh, improve the play-action game, which he's done pretty well with with the Rams. I'd be looking at DeAndre Swift for the Lions. I Not because of Jared Goff, but because of the shit that Dan Campbell is talking about. Yeah. Oh, breaking news cool all right i think it's time we shut this bad boy down all right remember to check out tony's podcast 58 west king podcast on the very same outlet that you're listening to this podcast you don't even have to type in the search don't even have to say hey siri play the 58 west king podcast (laughs) or oh that's my phone she's talking in the background that's awesome alexa play the 58 west king podcast so shut up um, <laughs> I'm doing it for other people fuck <laughs> alright so we linked those uh, we linked all that stuff in the show notes down below so every episode Hammer drunk. my phone is still playing it, it really played it that's awesome played it. <laughs> played it. yeah so uh, we linked <laughs> that's the benefits of throwing your uh, phone five feet away from you so all right, so yeah, we link those um, in the show notes of every single episode. So all you have to do is scroll down, click the link. Boom, tough acting, ten acting, and you're there. Uh, also, Taco Court Fantasy Football League is in uh, no way, shape, or form affiliated with ten acting or John Madden. And do you have any parting words, Tony? Uh, it's a shame you should definitely be affiliated with ten acting and John Madden. But my parting words: next time you find yourself on death row. Be sure to ask for McDonald's ice cream as your last meal. They'll never find a working machine and you'll get to live a little bit longer. You're welcome. Dude, that's such solid, solid advice. Solid <laughs> advice. All right. So for Tony, I'm Nate. Love you. Bye. Bye. Now we couldn't let you go without a banger of the week. Given that Brandon has won his second championship in Taco Court Fantasy Football League, decided to hand the reins over to him. And this is the shit that he picked. Hope you enjoy. Yeah. Check it out. See, the only thing you need to do right here is snod your fucking head. Yeah. Yeah. Break your fucking neck, bitches. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go 
away now. Give it away, give it away, give it away now. Just give it away, nigga. Yeah, here we go now. Tell me what you really wanna do. Come here, my. Talk to a nigga, talk to me. You look like you can really give it to a nigga from the way you're talking, the way you try to walk for me, the way you really try to put it on a guard. Doing it like I never did before for me, the way you break your back and I break your neck, and the way you try to put it on the floor for me. Come on, come on, come on. Oh yeah, tell me what my niggas is at. Okay. Let me bless y'all niggas one time when I lock it down and I hit you with that. With that bomb shit. Y'all niggas know all day we be making it drop. Y'all niggas know every time we come through this motherfucker we be always taking a rock. So let me blow this bitch. Y'all niggas know when we come we be making it flop, the way we making it hot to make a nigga wanna stop. Get money get cash that check for me. All my niggas just bust your check for me. Everybody from every hood bang your head till you break your motherfucking neck for me. Just let me give you real street shit to grab your shit with we clap your seat. We want this heat, keep bouncing up and down these streets. So lock your head and break your neck, nigga. Break your neck, nigga. Break your neck, nigga. Bang your head until you start to break your neck. Niggas in the head and we do it to death We fool them back Born in the fireball You know we're making an ounce I know you love the way We be giving you the music Making you bounce I fuck it up just a little For my niggas every time we come through Niggas know that we did it for y'all uh-huh. And the way we do it for the people Niggas know that we always give it to y'all I said bounce In the daytime or the night When you keep on alone We just bang this shit up in the truck While you break your nigga Motherfuckers try to fake on my flow So the way we come right through We come right through We be always blowing the spot Again and again And make a nigga really wanna stop Better tell your crew your peeps So my niggas better put their troops on And gather up your soldier niggas You know you better keep your boots on Who my niggas in the place? Ayo, wave your hands high now And the way we put it down Make a nigga wonder what he really gonna try now What you really wanna do? Just place your back and put your money where your mouth is uh-huh. All my niggas in the street Just break your neck and keep on bouncing Just let me give you real street shit To grab your shit with We grab your seat We want this heat Keep bouncing up and down your trunk.